Oh my goodness gracious, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is Friday, March 31st, 2017. I am Nova War, here with two fine, fine gentlemen, prepared to talk about many a topic, sometimes screaming, sometimes whispering sexually, and sometimes we just talk normally, but it doesn't happen that often. You can hope, though. Hope everybody's doing well. Today, let's head on over. Let's press the button and see if everything is working as it should be. This is always the big reveal. Will everything be okay? Ho ho ho! It is! I mean, panic is kissing the right-hand side and, and eye-fucking you right now, but that's alright. <laughs> that's no kind of creepy. Oh, that's kind of creepy. I didn't put... I didn't fix my white balance. YOLO. We're going, we're going blue tones today, boys. Get your Woo! blue tones. Jeff and I have got those blue tones going. I'm not Woo! messing with that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. How are you gentlemen doing? That? How are you gentlemen uh, doing? Mr. Black, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Just finished the small little uh, little streamy, and mm-hmm. now I'm ready to get on this podcast tip. You know, I am looking forward to every Friday because the podcast <laughs> is like just there's I have finally have a sense of structure to my week, even though it is only a two hour mm. slot. It just feels it's so like nice. one day, two hours, but that's enough structure to make you feel kind of good. And I think I'm I'm extra it, happy it today because. Everything. The Trailer Park Boys season eleven comes out. Actually, came out today, and I haven't mm. watched any of it yet. So after I'm done this podcast, I'm gonna go and binge watch a bunch of Trailer Park Boys, and oh. yeah. So that's what's oh, up. Bubbles, some mm. fucky. <laughs> so I have to ask. I have to ask. You you left the room. You came back looking like like one of those Starcraft casters where your be- your best fuck fucking holy fuck holy. Ricky. Fuck, Ricky. Holy fuck, Jesus. Ricky. Fuck. Hey, fuck. <laughs> oh, we were going to have some class uh, on this podcast. That that played to absolutely nobody but those who can actually see video, but that's okay. We tried. Uh, I All don't right. think I don't think the impersonation was actually worth, but we, we, gave it a, we gave it a shot. Is that a Yu-Gi-Oh card in your pocket, Jeff, or are you just happy to see me? Uh, that's, uh, that's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. You just is released it, my trap pr- can. <laughs> Yugi boy, Yugi boy. I was gonna say, is that so? What, what was the is process? That, is that part of putting that on? <laughs> well, you know. Okay, so here's the thing for for the ones that are listening to this uh, via you know iTunes. Make sure you go and give us that five star rating. Shout out to the ones that give us that five star rating and those beautiful beautiful reviews. You guys have no idea how much that mm. shit helps out. So head on over to iTunes right now and give us that five star rating because you love us. Uh, but for those that are listening just on audio, you're not watching this live on Twitch or watching this on YouTube. Uh, and maybe those that, that watch this on iTunes don't even know it's on YouTube because it is. Uh, YouTube.com slash Lysiclish TV. Um, you know, I- I've made a vow that every week I'm going to wear a blazer or a sports jacket. Uh, so, you know, every week you get to see what kind of fly ass jacket I wear this week. Now, Right now, I'm going through my own personal wardrobe. You know, some of these jackets are not mm. the cheapest, so I can't go out and mm. get a new one of these every week. You know, unless this mm. podcast is doing hella well. But yeah, uh, that 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 f- fucking goodwill, bro. I'm going up to the Value Village, the, oh. the thrift stores, and I'm gonna just try and get the most fly. <laughs> weird. I'm gonna be the Don Cherry of the Pops technical alpha. <laughs> 
This is That's the first. This is the first technical alpha related video that I wasn't wearing the horizontal stripe sweater. Literally every single one so so far. I I actually considered doing it where I would wear the same sweater every single week and see how long it took before people were like, "Wait a minute, the fuck is going on over here?" Then I was like, "No, nah, that's just that's go, messed up. I should probably wear something else." I can go about two or three months without having to show the same jacket every week. So got a lot of gaming yeah. jackets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, since you're talking, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing today? I didn't get around to asking you because we got <laughs> Jeff go on over uh, his jackets. Mm. Uh, had a relatively long day, but excited to be here. I'm uh, pretty excited oh, for the topics good. we got going on today. We've got exciting topics. We do. Exciting. But before before we uh before we before we go, I'm gonna go through so I can get into the rhythm because Jeff Jeff did it, but I'm supposed to be doing it in the in the opening. I, I'm still getting into this rhythm, so we're gonna do the the sellout one more time. But before we do, Mr. Black, yeah, hit me up with the noise of getting your Nintendo Switch, and you're so excited because well, it's a new console, but. You want to really, really get the party games going. The boys are coming over for UFC. Everybody's like 14 drinks deep. Somebody's already smashed a 40, and they're getting ready to watch Ronda Rousey lose for the 86th time in a row. And you got to pass the time because the prelims just aren't hitting you just right. So you pull out the Switch, and you're like, oh, shit, I need more controllers. So you go to the Walmart. Hit me up with the noise of opening the doors at the Walmart, walking over to the electronics section, and seeing that a Joy-Con set is a hundred fucking Canadian dollars. Alright, boys. Yo, I'll be right back. I'm just gonna head over, over to Walmart. I'm gonna go grab some of these shit controllers. Uh, do you guys want anything at the liquor store? Nah, I'm good, man. We got plenty of beer here, man. Just fill up the keg. Alright, I'm out. I'm out. Alright, alright. So, we're going to Walmart here. We're going to Walmart. Oh, Walmart. Oh, okay, well, it's not too busy in here. Let me go over to the electronics section. God damn it, where's the electronic section? I feel like they've changed the electronic section in this fucking store every single time I go into this fucking store. So, uh, hey, you know where that electronic section is? Yeah, it's down there in uh, the back right there by the shitter. All right, I'll, I'm, all right, I'll be right back. All right, so, oh, what the? F- hundred? No, no, fuck that. I'm good. I'm going to go sell my Nintendo Switch for $9,000 on Kijiji. I'm out of here. See you, boys. <laughs> fuck! Dude, I was at the Walmart today uh, doing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you got your little your little switch switcheroo there. Uh, but uh, that was we the longest at, sound uh, ever. <laughs> well, it was the longest sound ever. It was the longest. <laughs> like, we were, give me that sound ever. The lead too. up. Yeah, yeah you got to yeah, have yeah. some framing for the folks at home. But yeah, so they uh, we we went in and I went into the back and I was like, I wonder if there's a switch here. Not because I was gonna buy it, because fuck that. But I was looking. I was like, you know what? I want to see if they actually have stock in. So I go to the back. No, of course, there's not, you know, all the shelves are bare as all hell, except for there's like 50,000 copies of Milk Your Cow. And then I saw this one Joy-Con set, and I saw the price on it. It was like $99 before tax, and I was like, oh, you have got to be fucking me right now. What? Why? Why is it $100 for a freaking controller? Why? Doesn't matter. Had Zelda. Well, here's yeah, here's here's yeah. the thing. We're gonna stop talking about Nintendo Switch because we've got all no, we kinds got, of great got, things no, to talk about. Kinds. No, I know. I'm just the, real I'm just, topics. I'm just I'm just shooting the shit. We got real topics. You know what our first topic is already? I already got it up in the patch notes because I didn't want to forget. <laughs> like I've been doing. 
<laughs> we got that up. We're talking about something that we couldn't have had better serendipitous timing last week, gentlemen. Talking mm. about StarCraft. At the time, we were calling it Brood War HD. Uh, and lo and behold, it is not just Brood War getting necessarily the, the treatment, but it's just called StarCraft Remastered. Uh, and uh, it's... it's <laughs> well... It's pretty much exactly what we were talking about when we were talking about what we wanted to have happen and what we thought would never actually happen because we never thought Blizzard could pull it off. But here we are, and they did it. And so, uh, so I'm going to let, uh, I'm going to let Jeff take the podium on this one first. I'm going to, I'm going to let him give her a go and then we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. But Mr. Black, last week you gave an, an impassioned view on many things StarCraft related. And uh, I would like you to tell us how you really feel, and then tell us how you feel about this release, because it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really, really excited. It's not exactly what I thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to get a StarCraft Brood War in the StarCraft II engine um, and remastered that way. So I was expecting uh, the all the units, everything to be reimagined, so to speak, through the StarCraft II engine. Um, that's not what we're getting, to my knowledge. Uh, we are getting a basically a, a facelift on the original units uh, and all that jazz. There's it, it's it's basically the original StarCraft in HD. Um, which isn't a bad thing. I'm not complaining. Uh, I was a little disappointed when I heard that, and not because uh, I think that the old game looks terrible. Um, it it's it's still a fun game. I, I just played Brood War. Uh, what was it like six months? Nine, not longer than six months, but nine months ago, I played for the first time. I played all of the campaigns and and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, and the game holds up. It's not the graphics that hold it back, but I just thought we were going to get a newer version of the game. So beyond that, uh, I'm still very, very excited. Um, I think it is a phenomenal uh, gesture to the fans, I, but I, I, I'm going to be a little jaded when I say I think we're only getting this because they have to give this to us now. Um, I think they realize, and I think they've been realizing this for a while, but StarCraft II is done. Um, it's it's on its way out. Um, when I say done, it's not over. There'll always be uh, a scene there, but in terms of it being a viable scene where you're going to attract new players, new commentators, new personalities, even new players, uh, that is pretty much nil. Uh, I was just at Best Buy. I took a picture of it. And I thought I had posted on my Instagram, but obviously the Wi-Fi wasn't working at the Best Buy. But I had taken a picture of the StarCraft II, uh, it was like Legacy of the Void, uh, Wings of Liberty, Heart of the Swarm. It's like a three-pack, and it was 69 bucks. And I, w- I took a picture of it, and wow. I, I filled it out and everything, and I was like, this should be free to play. Like, what the hell? And uh, I'm just happy now that we are getting a free-to-play StarCraft II, right? I think so. I think it's going free to play completely. 
Um, I have. I don't think so. Isn't it only the remastered stuff? So. We have the option of free Brood War with that isn't HD. Like they're giving you the free option if you don't want the all the fanciful paint job. Yeah, I knew. And then I knew if you that want the rest yeah. of it. I thought. I Both, thought. Uh, Starcraft and maybe, too, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm getting my information wrong because um, I didn't look too much into it. Maybe the chat can confirm. The original Starcraft. I know the original Starcraft is free. Is yeah. free. You can play that too. like not now. Uh, but the I thought the StarCraft 2 was also going free to play um, in terms of uh, multiplayer. That would have been, been impressive. I don't think so, they did that. Okay, though. well, then if it's not, then what the fuck? Um, it should be free to play. The game should be going free to play. They, they should have made StarCraft 2 go free to play a while ago and then made money off things like those covert ops missions and selling those those voice packs. I know Total Biscuit just released one uh, himself and got other people to do it. But I know we're talking about, you know, StarCraft Brood War uh, HD here, and so I'll keep it on that topic. But I feel like this is the right direction. This is going to be the StarCraft II killer. The reason being is not only has does StarCraft II have this dead meme over it. There's this dead meme cloud just wherever StarCraft 2 goes, there's always somebody it's like dead game, dead game, dead game. Dead game. And dead game. Brood War has never had that. The game has been out for since I've been a, a, a real gamer and it has never really been called a dead game. It doesn't have that negativity around it. And I think that any any game that was coming out against StarCraft 2, there was an automatic war. There was these people on their high horses that were like, StarCraft 2 is a harder game, it's this, it's that, and now we're going to have that war again. It's going to multiply, it's going to exponentially grow. It's already where, started. Where the StarCraft 2 fanboys, the ones that never got into Brood War, the ones that you know ha- have stayed loyal to the game, have dumped all these hours into StarCraft 2... They are going to hate on Brood War. They're going to say it's a shittier game. It looks terrible. Uh, well, all this other stuff, and it's going to be a war too. It's it's hilarious because it's happening in both yeah. in both camps. You've got you've got people who are basically this is how I've seen it for the most part. Obviously, you can never paint everything with the same brush, but for the most part, it goes a little something like this: Are you old enough to have played Brood War? Actually, like not just kind of played it. You were so young that you played it and you didn't even beat the first level, but honest to goodness, play Brood War. If you're in that camp, odds are you probably have a leaning to, whether it's because of rose-tinted glasses or you honest to goodness think that Brood War has the upper hand against StarCraft II, you're in that camp. Uh, and then if you if you aren't in that camp, then you're leaning towards StarCraft 2 because there's a good shot that StarCraft 2 is your first StarCraft, or it's the first one that you were old enough to get into and play, and play heavily, and enjoy at that level. And now, uh, we're getting the two sides that are like, Nah, no! Get off my lawn! Broodmore's fucking mad! Nah, it's the shit! It's the greatest thing ever! And StarCraft 2's going, Yeah, but I don't want to you know, have to worry about unit groups and holy shit, my probes don't go to the mineral line automatically and dragoons run in circles for 45 minutes and na 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 And both sides have valid reasons. It's just unfortunate because both... I mean, you're, you're talking about two games from two wildly different generations in the RTS realm. You've got one which defined the current generation of RTS and one that defined the last... 
or two or three generations ago of RTS, and to compare them directly is absolutely well insane. That's kind of where there's going to be a huge problem. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, and and I'll, I'll butt in and just say what I what I was getting to is now that Brood War HD is coming out or StarCraft HD, there is there is going to be an even bigger fight amongst. I mean, that's that's the thing that I've learned with the StarCraft community is everybody's fighting with everybody. Everybody's got an agenda, and they do now love the, a good witch hunt. And now that this game is coming <laughs> out. It is going to multiply and it is going to split up the StarCraft community in general. Not even just StarCraft 2 and StarCraft HD, but StarCraft fans in general. It'll become this thing where it's going to be StarCraft 2 versus StarCraft. And ultimately, it's going to hurt StarCraft 2 even more. Everyone uh, loses. I, everyone loses. I'm just hoping that the StarCraft community gets behind this. They realize the opportunity. So many pros are going to come back. So many casters like ourselves are going to come back. Um, it's going to feel like for the first time since 2013 where everybody's excited, everybody's making content, streaming the game. The numbers are going to be great. Uh, is going to be an opportunity to create an eSport around that if they wanted to. Um, I don't know how far Blizzard's involvement will be with this game, but I think if they're going to make an honest shot at this, they're probably going to do a fair amount with this version of StarCraft. They're not going to half-ass it like they did StarCraft 2 um, or just slap on a WCS and say, oh, we're now supporting, but not really you know, do anything with it and, and really improve on it. I feel like if they're ever going to do something, this is the fail-safe. This is it. Um, and I think if this game does well, we're going to see a trend. We're going to see a Warcraft 3 HD. Um, this is These things here are going to be uh, a way for Blizzard to not create a StarCraft 3 or talk about it or create a Warcraft 4 and talk about it. Why not just get something that has been proven, a game that is loved and cherished, and uh, and just improve on the graphics and make an eSport with it now that North America uh, has such a hand in it? So let's, so let me, let, I'm going to pass this to you, to Bean, so don't worry, I'm actually going to let you get yeah. in and talk here, but I just, want to, I just want to set something up so we don't, we don't talk too much about the same stuff here for a moment. So Jeff touched on something, we, I, we actually kind of talked a, briefly about it, and I want to get you to elaborate on, on it on your viewpoint is what, um, mm-hmm. when it comes to the StarCraft community, it has been a community divided since basically the second year that StarCraft II existed, and now we're talking about bringing in Brood War uh, remastered, and it's even and, and Blizzard's pushing this as it wants it to be an esport again. They're redoing like the observer mode, and replays yeah. are going to be fine, and and they're they're doing some minor quality of life stuff that will actually bring more than just. Flash and Jadong and Stork and Bizu back in to play the game again. Like there's yeah. there's going to be some of that. So they're going to divide the community even more with this. But they're kind of, in my opinion, they're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't here. Yep. So what what's your take on they're on that situation? Sh- they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot, but not in a bad way. Like I'm really hyped about StarCraft Remastered. Everything about it looks fantastic to me. But the main issue I see with it is. You're coming out with a remastered version of the game, which has been arguably 
hyped as the better esport. So that's going to draw in a lot of the older community of StarCraft. It's going to draw in, and again, like you, like you guys all elaborate on, it's going to bring back a lot of the older content yeah. creators. Yeah. Now, the thing is, when you have all these people coming back, yeah, there's going to be a resurgence. But the problem is, it's going to it's going to damage StarCraft two. That's without a doubt. It's going to damage the StarCraft two community. So you're going to end up again as you split the community. But then you have to look forward. How are you going to get new viewers in? How are you going to get new people interested? And as awesome as StarCraft Remastered looks, it's playing to nostalgia that we all have. Like StarCraft Remastered looks like the game that we like we imagined in our heads when we were playing Brood War. Mm-hmm. So it's got that thing. But again, it's still got that super retro vibe and it looks like an older game. The mechanics, as Adam mentioned earlier, are you know, from a generation past. There's a lot, it doesn't hold your hand. It's very punishing. Um, and for new viewers, it's going to be harder to follow. Um, they're not going to be as intrigued by it because graphics aren't as pretty. And unfortunately for a lot of people, graphics matter. Um, and then on top of it, for players trying to get into it, um, it's going to be punishing. Like RTS is already on shaky ground in terms of um, fan base at the moment. And, you know, in terms of games coming out. And Brood War and StarCraft, as awesome as it is, is very punishing if you're not technically excellent at the game. Mm-hmm. So getting new players in to actually play is going to be very difficult. They're going to they're going to feel punished. They're going to feel like hard to define, but it's going to be a rough run. So they're kind of going backwards in a sense, but in doing that, they're going to bring in a lot of people. I think I think in in this the game's obviously going to cost money. So there's going to be a you yeah. know people are going to have to pay to play it. And you're totally right. I agree with. Everything you just said, it is going to be a tougher game to play. It's going to be harder to follow. Um, it's not going to be as uh, aesthetically pleasing to the eye. But Blizzard has always had this, ever since StarCraft II, this desire to create a spectator's esport. And I think that this game can actually do it. I think that this version of the game, because of the nostalgia, because of all these, you know, the the, the old school, the retro feel of it, um, how tough of a game it was, and the fact that probably all the greatest players to ever live will play this game, whether it's they're going to make an appearance or legitimately try and win some money, uh, there's going to be a lot of hype around this. Now, how long will the hype last? Will this be an Archon mode type thing where it's going to last a, a couple of months? I don't think so. I think this is going to be around for a while, um, but I feel like if they're ever going to be successful with a Spectator's eSport which is something they tried to shove down our throats. Um, and the thing is, is they've dumbed down StarCraft II so much in comparison to Brood War, then w- I always made the question, well, why didn't you make it more casual friendly uh, in terms of it uh, just laddering and playing the game and playing custom maps and and all this other stuff like we did in Brood War? And that's the thing. Adam and I never really got into laddering in Brood War. We always played BGH. Uh, fastest money map possible. It it was that was the fun in the game. The seventy seven v one comp stomps. The 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 missile turrets. Playing the Dragon Ball Z RPG games. Those sort of things is that's where you hook in the casuals. And it was all about if you were into GSL and stuff. That's where you went in, as a spectacle. That's where you went and you watched it. And I think if they turn it into an actual spectacle like a spectator's esport where you're you're listening to artosis and tasteless go into those gritty those those really intricate parts of the game listening to day nine getting him back on his dailies and getting into the nitty-gritty that's something i'm going to tune into and watch personally 
Uh, obviously, I'd play now because you know it's part of my career. But uh, I think they could do a really good job with this, I, I, as long as they don't fuck this up. I don't know. Let's, Realistically, I think they're. I think they're going to surge. They're going to probably get 10, 20 times the number of viewers they have for StarCraft now. But yep. I'm going to say after six months to a year, mm-hmm. they're probably going to hold maybe two to three times the current StarCraft Two number. Um, most of it being cannibalized from StarCraft Two, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, again, it, it's. I just feel like the game, as awesome as it is, the nostalgia factor is not. People are gonna. They're gonna. They're. Uh, they're hyped on the nostalgia, but once we get into the nitty gritty of the game, they're gonna realize. Okay, yeah, maybe this doesn't hold up as well. Even though the game, again, I'm not knocking StarCraft. I know it's gonna sound like it, but it, it mechanically well, it you're doesn't speaking hold the truth. up yeah. to this current generation gamer. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't hold up to this generation of gamer and. It's going to be more of a fad, I feel, even though it's going to boost the entire community. Adam, do you think uh, they should add mechanical things to the game in terms of, of you know, uh, hotkey-wise, uh, all those different things, um, grabbing more than, what, 12 units at a time, those sort of things kind of mishmashing some of the elements of StarCraft II into the game to bring it a little bit more up to date and make it a little bit more user friendly, um, or do you think it should be as punishing as it as it sh- as it should be? I think I think uh, I think any changes I think any changes that they make to it fundamentally like that um, are going to do nothing but harm to them. I think I think that that this game is going to ride off nostalgia as hard as it can, and the moment you start making changes like that. Um, first of all, if you change something as, as dramatic as unit groups, that, f- that changes the entire yeah. game just wildly changes at that point. Um, so I'm, I'm actually happy with the minor quality of life changes that they've announced so far, like key bindings, for example, and allowing people to change those. Yeah. Uh, and, and there were one or two, I can't think of them off the top of my head now, but the, I read uh, the, the Dragoon pathing. Um, I don't think they touched it. I think they left yeah, it. Yeah, they did. I think they're plan- yeah, they planning they on touching it. it. And I'm okay with that. And yeah. the reason why I'm okay with that is because, uh, you know, with I think Patty as just said little... they're thinking about doing it. They're thinking about no. They they're 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 looking into doing it for the rematch. They're, they're they're they might look. Yeah, thing. they're gonna have to be real fucking careful with that though, because you're talking about a game that is, for all intents and purposes, considered by many people, if not the majority. To be the most be balanced perfect. RTS game of all time. It is so balanced that almost 20 years into its lifespan, there are still new high-level strategies emerging that have not existed before being pulled off in high competitive play. Not like some random people stuck in like the, the 20 people playing on ladder, but honest-to-goodness championship level play all of a sudden something new comes out that is a great example of a game that is incredibly well balanced and as unfortunate as it's as it is stuff like the dragoons being drunk mr magoo every time they try and get from point a to point b that is a part of the balance of starcraft brood war same as to the stuff with like reavers 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 yeah. were like Brett Hall trying to hit the broadside of a burn. They couldn't <laughs> hit shit. It's just every once in a while, balls would just fly off and veer off into no man's land and hit absolutely nothing. And that was part of the balance, the, the weird, quirky balance that existed. You start toying with that stuff, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of like I said, it's kind of like I said in the last cast, it's the foot in the door. 
Okay, mm-hmm. we're gonna change Dragoons. Okay, but that, that actually changes the dynamic of the Protoss balance because now Protoss can actually get around with Dragoons immaculately. What does that mean? Well, now we have to maybe change some other stuff. Foot in the door further. Now I got my leg in the door. Now all of a sudden I just walk into the house and I fuck <laughs> everything up because uh, why not? I'm already in here. I might as well just mess everything up. So I'd rather them just stick with the quality of life stuff to a minimum the stuff that makes sense that will make usability for the newer people of today to use the interface to actually get into play the game and just kind of leave it at that they've already put this down in its current iteration in front of the gods you know flash bizu stork and jadong they've already had it in front of them they haven't played competitively but they let them go in and do whatever they wanted to to see how everything felt and all of them were thumbs up I think if you're all thumbs up from those guys, don't fucking touch it. Leave it alone. It's good. If you've got it so well emulated that they can still plug in replays from 1999 into this new system and it runs perfectly, don't touch the system. You've done it, boys. You've pulled off the fucking miracle play. Santa Claus came early and he came thrice. And now you're going to go and try and mess with stuff. It's a bad idea. Does that mean our UMS maps may work? That would be like <laughs> an, that would be like the coup de grace if those worked. Those a, old games. Apparently, I don't. I, I want to say that I read that the maps might even still be convertible to a degree that like exists. That would be amazing. So, so there. I mean, it's a really good. It's a really good, you know, model of what Brood War was, and I I wouldn't personally mess with it, but. To, um, so that, that answers that. I know that's un- an unfortunate thing because for new people, you want to be able to grow it, right? Mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm. think here's my take on this is that the RTS genre is already for people who are RTS players. Rarely do you have somebody come up out of the friggin' like 14 year olds and go, man, I want to play an RTS. It almost never happens. <laughs> You're talking about people that graduate to an RTS because they're playing games that are mechanically less intensive for a long time. And then eventually, not everybody, but some people get tired of that and they want to have more. And it just so happens that from a competitive RTS standpoint, Blizzard provides the only real option right now uh, on the field. There are others that exist, but at a highest level, that's where Blizzard kind of reigns right so they funnel into something like that well I and, wish, I don't, and i don't think yeah I, I i wish i could shit on blizzard here i'm trying to find a reason to tell them fuck they off haven't given, stop they haven't given shit. us a reason yet they haven't given it they've given us everything like they will soon that we ever wanted and that's the show um the, the only thing, once again, that threw me for a curveball is I thought it was coming in the StarCraft II engine. And I'll be kind of, mm. I'll be honest, I'm kind of happy it isn't now that I'm really thinking about it. If they're going to go in the direction, they may as well just go the whole way and re-release Brood War uh, with 4K HD Dude, and it, call it, it a show. And it just looks, call it a show. It looks great. And I know we, somebody mentioned Apparently they re- Apparently they redid all the cutscenes and stuff too. Yeah, like yeah. All the yeah. cinematics and campaign fully redone. Yeah, which is so awesome. that's fantastic. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Because Blizzard does some of the best, the best cut, you know, CGI oh, yeah. in the business. So that's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, but somebody mentioned this earlier on the same note where it was um, 
in reference to, I think it was Panic that, that said it, uh, where you mentioned, you know, it won't be as easy to follow. I actually disagree with you there. Brood War so. does not have as much flashy bullshit going on on screen as StarCraft II does. Watching a Brood War game, there unless you've got science vessels and scourges shitting all over the screen, everything is pretty easy to keep tabs on. And not only that, but you have to remember that a lot of the stuff that exists in StarCraft II are simply uh, extensions and sometimes broken down versions of what existed in Brood War. So for people that are already familiar with the StarCraft II universe, they're going to see something like a Scourge and go, oh yeah, that got split up into like, uh, uh, what, a Devourer uh, or whatever, and uh, uh, what was the, uh, there's two units that I'm thinking of. Viper. It's basically like those two units. Like there's things that just got extrapolated or split up like a queen in Brood War. Well, got, you say that now, Adam, with. but that's because you understand Brood War and you understand StarCraft 2. And, and Brood War Brood I'm not War saying is more for new people. I'm saying for people who... Uh, yeah, but I'm saying for people who are into the StarCraft 2 scene. I'm not talking about new people coming in. I'm talking yeah. about people who know StarCraft 2. I'm going to get, you know, these people aren't stupid. They're going to see what's happening on screen, and it might be a curve, oh. yes. Obviously, they have to learn some shit, but it's not <laughs> yeah. going to be like some sort of Mount Everest no. that they have I mean, to climb. It's, Star- it's StarCraft, but I think I think maybe what Panic is trying to get at is, in, or at least what I'm saying, is I agree with him. I think it, it's going to be a tougher sell. I think it's going to be a, a harder game to understand. I see where you're coming from in terms of there is a lot more going on in StarCraft 2. There's a lot more hotkeys. You can you can physically see the different hotkeys. You can see people, um, you, you, all the groups of units being uh, highlighted all together. There's so much more going on. Typically in a ladder game in Brood War, there's like a third of the amount of units. Like when you're fighting in a fight, you're not just warping in 50 fucking zealots and you go to town, you know, you've got four or five zealots and you, you're you're a micro god, right? You're seeing how, how you're, the, this, the battles are much smaller, much more focused, uh, which is great. But I think with that, there's a lot more behind what you're seeing on screen that people are going to go, what just happened there? How are you moving these units in this way? Uh, you know why? You know why are these? Why do these battles look so much different than StarCraft II? Um, because StarCraft II is dumbed down. But you're right; there is so infinitely more shit going on on the screen. But it Blizzard did do a good way at uh, at showing you what it is you are seeing on screen. So it is very. There's a lot there, yeah. but it's simple to understand. Uh, with Brood War, it's not as much, but it's much more nuance, complicated to really understand what's going on, and not to and and also to play. I mean, when I go and play the new oh, uh, yeah. HD, I'm gonna fucking suck. Like I'm gonna be like, I, I'm sure I'll be better than what I was back in the day because mechanically, but my god, the game's so much harder. Like just even having five or six different groups of units in all different hotkeys and and trying to get them all to fight at the same time and microing them at the same time and going back and macroing and not having as much resources and it's just going to be a shit show but an amazing shit show and I can't wait to be I'm going to enjoy casting it I think much more than I than to play it but I can't wait to sit down and really get into the strategy 
of Brood War. The other thing that I would like to see is the bronze through grandmasters. So implementing that sort of ladder system system. on the new StarCraft. I know that they're updating the Battle.net, and that's great. I I love that they're not using the shit Battle.net that we have now. Thank you, God. Thank you. Did I say (laughs) thank you? One more time. Thank you for not doing that. But I hope that they update it in a way that it isn't just a clone of what it used to be. I know back in the day they had like this ladder system where you had a number and the number would would go like up and down according to what you your wins and losses. And then you'd have like a win loss draw column and then you'd create keep creating new accounts if you got a loss or you'd pull the disconnect thing out of the back of the computer. (laughs) And then people would see like, oh, this guy's got 13 disconnects. He obviously just DCs when he's about to lose. So hopefully they update those sort of things and and modernize it at least in that way uh in in a in a in a competition way for the ladder and 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 the casuals to get into it and feel like there's a progression uh but beyond that man i'm i'm loving what i'm hearing i'm loving it loving it and mark my words this will be a trend <laughs> warcraft 3 will be on the way Ooh. They did hire a bunch of people for bringing back older it games. It will be on the trend. Mark my word. Frozen Throne, ladies and gentlemen, will come back. And I will tell you definitively, it will be bigger than Brood War. It will be bigger. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that Frozen I can. Will be oh, huge. oh, God. Dude. No, but that will be for will another. Be. We'll talk about that another time. Of course because it will be. Yeah. We could talk no, about that forever, but that is going to oh, be God. massive. That's, that's going to be massive. huge. I mean, people have been people have been wanting Warcraft 4 forever. So just to get a taste of 3 will be crazy. But I, I agree. Harder game to understand the background of and everything else. Now, the, the upshot for everybody watching these games and learning about the game at home is that there is already a community of older guys that have been around since the beginning that can explain that game beautifully to yep. anyone uh, and what I really want to see happen in the on the launch day of this bad boy coming out if they make it or maybe even just the first weekend after that it's around I want to see a friendly tournament where they bring back those brood war gods and then they've got tasteless and artosis casting the shit as a major promotional They're event I think doing that, it. that is that a thing I didn't I read about it because I've been looking it for it. Because I've been looking for that. Adam, you know it's going to happen. Seen you know it's going to. You know it's going to happen. It's. I mean, who else is going to helm the thing? Well, I mean, I fucking happen. Salivating right now. They're salivating. They're just like, oh my uh, god, more dirty right? esports money. Oh, it's going to be real dirty. And you know, Blizzard is oh, going to be throwing money at the absolutely. wall. Absolutely. I want. I want to see it. Do you yes. know how much I would just d- just die watching Flash versus da- Jadong in a in a 4K version it's gonna, it's of gonna Brood happen, War? It's gonna do you happen. know how <laughs> fucking epic that is? And this and is I, the again, nostalgia Jesus, factor. Yeah. Tasteless, but it's not just the nostalgia factor. Uh, I think the hold on now. Hold, the the thing the thing that's got me most jacked about Brood War is is that, and I hope this transfers for other people. Is that for the for the gamers out there that might play the game and get frustrated with how difficult it is? If they take that and then they watch a tournament and they see how fucking good these guys are at playing the game and what high level brood war looks like, that's what got me into esports. It wasn't first person shooters where somebody was neato at doing 360 no scope headshots, whatever. It was the fact that I was watching a dude at 300, 400 actions per minute 
doing some of the craziest stuff that I couldn't even in a million years. Like, I watched StarCraft 2. I could never be, you know, these guys playing professional StarCraft 2. But Brood War players are in a different freaking universe. They're in, like, some 11th dimension where they their brains work on a different fucking wavelength, and it's nuts to watch. And until you see these guys... You don't even have to understand the game all that well because the casters will take you along for the fucking ride because the Brood War casters are some well, of the best in the also, business. Also, the games are just so much more intense and epic. It's it's oh not as it's not as robotic. It, it no. does to a uh, to a point, but the games it's not are as rock, just rock paper scissory. Yeah, it's not as rock no, paper scissory. No, it's it's no. It's just such a better fucking game. <laughs> It's so fucking it's good. So, much, so, so much, much can happen in a single Brood War game. And I'm going to be in honest, Starcraft, dude. Go ahead. I'm gonna, I'll go. I'm going to start preaching. In StarCraft 2, how many times in StarCraft did we say that in StarCraft 2, in the first five minutes, you know how the rest of the fucking game plays out almost to the freaking T? Because as soon as one thing happens in the first five minutes, it pretty much sets off a cascade of dominoes that tells you exactly what's going to happen. In Brood War, the odds of you being able to figure out what the hell's going to happen, short of somebody pulling off uh, a cheese build uh, in the early game, you have no clue what the hell is well, going to happen. Shit goes all before, over the before, place. Be- before Jeff jumps in, can I get a little bit technical on the whole game design lingo on this? I really okay, want to say go it, for it. Okay, go for it. So StarCraft II in strategy is very kind of deterministic based on the other player. So if your player takes an action, you kind of are locked in counteraction you have to take. Um, it's, it's why I say rock, paper, scissors is the best way to describe it. In Prude War, you know, you can, you can come up with a couple of different strategies to counter and it would generally work. In StarCraft, you can't really do that unless your skill level is like an order of magnitude higher than the other player, which mm-hmm. is very rare. So, like, again, it comes down to a nuance in Brood War strategy where you can kind of take a couple of different routes, and that's what makes the game so much more interesting because you're not locked into a single type of counter that you have to execute perfectly or you're going to lose. Yeah, and and the another great thing about it is, is for one, I'm going to be honest, I am going to love watching the StarCraft II community, the streamers, the casters, Everybody fucking scram. I'm going to be just to get a fire under everybody's ass because the shit has gotten and and we've been part of the problem. It's gotten so repetitive, so lazy, everything. And this is going to just it's it's going to be all those Starcraft 2 streamers and stuff that are streaming the game and doing a great job at streaming the game. They're going to have to make a choice. Am I going to jump on board with this thing and 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 actually work together? as a community uh, and, and create great content or am I going to stay over here in the StarCraft 2 bubble which is going to get even smaller after this comes out and most certainly for the foreseeable future even if this game is only popular for six months to a year this is going to force a lot of StarCraft 2 content providers to do something or they're not going to eat for six months to a year and chances are they're going to get really uh, they're not going to be motivated they're going to get discouraged and shit's just going to go sideways for them. So this is, and I'm not saying I, I want to see people like you know fucking fail or anything like that. But this <laughs> creates, this creates. It's going to happen. It's going to, cre- it's going to create uh, competition. Everybody's going to start innovating their content. They're going to be. It's just we're going to go back to a to a to a dog eat dog world where uh, people are being pushed to the limit. 
Uh, and and I think that's great. I think that's when the best content comes out. I think that's when good co- co- uh, co- collaborations come out. And I also think that when this game comes out, there's going to be a lot new. There's going to be a new meta. There's going to be new strategies. A lot of these StarCraft two players uh, of this generation have never played Brood War. A lot of them, believe it or not. I mean, we're some of the old school guys, but we've got a lot of like young 21, 22 year old guys. Uh, and gals that are playing StarCraft like two never played when it came out. Never, never played Brood War, right? So they're going to get into it. They're probably going to bitch and complain a lot, saying, "Oh, you know, I, we should have this. We should have that. I really like what this did in StarCraft two and this." And I don't know how you guys like this game. This is stupid. Um, but I think they're going to have to get over that real quick and just realize that this is going to be the future for for StarCraft and um, and start making some great content. And and I can't it's wait so- for us to push the envelope and do some new shit and be part of this this movement. Um, I can't wait to do a When She's Fails Brood War. I can't wait to to uh, get on and do do a ladder series. I can't wait to show off some old BGH. I can't wait to get into a seven v one comp stomp and 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 uh, you know backstab my opponents and and get everybody killing each other. <laughs> I can't wait to do all these things and show the world Goliath how I online. fell in love with the yeah. game. And and bring back that that passion that I had before I made money, before the fame, before all this stuff, and give you guys what is truly, in my opinion, the greatest game ever. And I'm just pumped. I know I sound like a nostalgic fanboy right now, and I am, <laughs> but it's the truth. If you're an RTS lover, you're just you're gonna love this game. You're gonna love it. Let's go. Whoa! It's, oh, it's, Let's oh, go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, it's gonna be hype. I, I, I mean, how crazy, how crazy is it that that of all the things that we now need or want to lean on for the future of StarCraft is StarCraft Brood War. Like, mm. how silly is is that? How uh, it's fitting it's, though. I love it's, it. It's, it's it, yeah. is, it is kind of fitting. Everything old is new again. Type type shit. Uh, um, but, Adam, question for you. Yeah, what? If they if they if they bring out a ladder for Brood War. Are you going to go for a quest for Grandmaster? Uh, no. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you even no. going to go for a quest for bronze? No. 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 I will be, I will don't be doing play, just... Man. I don't I don't play because I, I get... You're going to be on the 3v5 comp stuff. You'll be having me? some fun, like, I'll, custom I'll map shit. I'll have some fun and custom yeah. map stuff and do that. I'll go back for the nostalgia <laughs> for that. But for, for me, for competitive games of, of any kind, it literally doesn't matter what it is, StarCraft or otherwise, I... I am way too hard on myself, and I will die an early death if I get into a competitive game like that. I prefer watching it, uh, understanding it as you know, to the best of my abilities from a distance, learning from people who will be forever far greater than myself. I'm getting excited to watch Day 9 bring back Day 9 dailies. I can't Hopefully wait to does. see him because his, his, I think he's already said he's going to do it, and I, I would up. be mind blown if he didn't. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he is, and I'm excited to watch that because the people that are that are are big in the StarCraft two uh, scene are uh, that have been gone for a while. Many of them were Brood War guys, and this is going to be a fun thing to see. But one thing I want to touch on though before we wrap up, um, before we wrap up the the whole StarCraft bit, is uh, so far Blizzard has given us almost exactly what we've wanted. And in fact, in some cases, they've managed to, you know, pull the whole, the customer doesn't even know what they want and somehow still got that right on top of that, which is super rare to do uh, yeah. uh, as well, especially for Blizzard. So not to end on a negative note or anything like that, but where, where, can, where, where can Blizzard 
mess this up? Where are their fail points now moving forward? I know I have ideas about this myself, and maybe one of you guys will uh, will touch on it, but where do you guys think the fail points are for StarCraft Remastered and the StarCraft community, you know, spearheaded by Blizzard right now at this point, uh, moving forward? What do you think to be? Um, Blizzard historically has not been very good at managing their communities. Um, they've had a hands-off approach, even with their recent hands-on approach. They're not, they don't do a very great job on engaging with content creators or engaging with the community. So I feel like that's going to be probably their Achilles heel starting off. Um, and overall, I think StarCraft as a whole is going to, is going to maintain itself. It's, it's already reached that critical mass where it's going to always have that core fan base, um, even if it grows or not, but I, I feel like it, it's Blizzard's it's Blizzard's game to lose at this point. Um, they can do a lot with the esports scene to kind of grow it and push it, but again, historically, especially with StarCraft, they haven't really done a good job. They kind of let the Brood War scene die off a lot. They let a lot of the StarCraft II scene more or less kind of fizzle away. So even if they come at it with a new um, a new tact or a new push, you know, I don't feel like they have the track record to kind of pull it off. Mm, and what about what, do you about what about you, Mister Black? What do you what are you thinking for uh, for where they can screw this up? Uh, two ways. Uh, we both we've already talked on it. First is if they change mechanically the game. Uh, if they they start fucking with units, balancing all that stuff. It's been it's a proven track record. The game works. Just let it go. Let it go. Don't balance it for for the new pros that are out there. Leave it. Just leave it. Um, and that's the show. Um, if they start messing around with it, like you said, uh, it could get really ugly because that's when the community is going to backlash big time because right now we're all for it. Everybody, well, the, the old school guys are all for this now. Yeah. And, and if they, if they screw with it, it's done. Um, there, there's gonna, they're going to have that negativity cloud over them like Starcraft two dead meme cloud. That's always going to be there. Well, if they didn't fuck with this unit, we wouldn't have this problem. Or if they didn't fuck with this mechanic, we wouldn't have this problem. When you got rid of this, now we have that. And that, blah, blah, blah. So there's that. Um, also, the the other thing, and I'm right with Tabine, is community. They suck ass. Like, they are probably the worst. This is so bad. Yeah. Like, it's, legit it's up, the worst. It's up there. I think, Riot's, I think Riot's ahead of them. For different reasons, but they're they're pretty bad. Yeah. They're, well, they're Riot bad. Riot is infinitely ahead of them on a number of reasons. Now, Blizzard is a massive company with an endless amount of cash. I understand they've got shareholders. I understand there are budgets they're in a place. They're a business. They need to make money. But I think a lot of it they got they they with with the Hearthstone uh, money that they made, the World of Warcraft money that they're making, uh, all this easy money. They are well. I'm not saying it was easy to get there, but you understand what I'm saying. How 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 frequently it's coming in, and and how where where they are now, where they are now, yeah. opposed to where they were. And it's like back in the day before we got Hearthstone, before we got uh you know 15 expansions on WoW, before we got Overwatch, we had StarCraft, and Blizzard did a way better job at dealing with community making tournaments uh promoting their and now it was still wasn't fantastic but it was much more focused and now that there's so many different properties they need to spend some money market they need to start paying uh you know uh, uh, content providers sending them out to events 
uh, helping them. And I'm not talking like I, I, when I had these conversations with Blizzard and uh, when they sent me out to to Las Vegas, and that's a whole nother story. And 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 we'll definitely talk about that on a podcast for sure. And, and what they've done to Live TV or what they haven't done for us ever. Uh, we'll get into that. But they really need to get focused and get their head out their own asses and and either fire some people or hire some people. They need to get in in tune with the community and listen. I'm not talking give a tournament, you know, 10 free copies of StarCraft Brood War to give away on their stream. Real support here. Real support. Don't be charging people for tournaments. Don't be, uh, you know, not helping the community in any way. Using the Battle.net to promote streams and, and different things like that. If they can go in and do that, we're not asking them to give us everything and to throw millions of dollars and say, you know, take this money with no real direction. Obviously, there's got to be purpose behind what they're doing, but they have to find things to to, to do. Have our back. And exactly. Have our backs, especially when the when the community needs it, when everybody's feeling down and everyone's fighting. Give us some encouragement. Tell us that you're here. Show us that you care. I mean, they, they're showing it to an extent by giving this great game to us. But go all the way now. Go all the way. Make this last for another 15 years. That's it. That's the only way I can see them screwing this up. And I f- truly feel like it, that they're they're going to do us good this time around. I feel it. Yeah, I, I, I agree I on one of the points that, yeah, you hope uh, for sure. You definitely want to hope. Um the uh, you touched You touched on my biggest point there in the midst of, of all of your stuff where um, you know, there's community and then there's the esports side of it. And, and, you know, we have to be, we have to be fair here and say that there's no universe in which brood war suddenly becomes, oh my goodness. Hold on. If, Hey Apple, are you listening? You're probably not listening. I don't need you to pop up and ask me for updating iTunes every five seconds. I just don't need it. I don't need it in my life. I'm going to live without that update. Believe me, it's going to be okay. But yeah, the, the, uh, but with the community thing and the esports side of things, it was the, the craziest thing. And again, we'll, we'll also talk about this possibly next week, depending on how things roll out, uh, you know, roll out. Well, we do have um, a guest on next week, so it'll probably be a good time. Yeah, to talk exactly. About it. So there, the, yeah. So, uh, but the the you know in the in the roller coaster ride that was StarCraft II's esports success and failure, um, <laughs> the most pivotal point of it all was when Blizzard decided that it was really necessary to charge a licensing fee to run a tournament for StarCraft II, and then to make the the licensing fee what it was, which was what like ten thousand dollars or something like that. It was some. It was some silly to Blizzard, like wipe their wipe their ass with it type money. Like they barely would, there wouldn't be a dent put on their bottom line. Nothing would ever come out of that financially. It was literally just. Uh, it almost seemed like it was directed at 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 slowing or killing off the grassroots tournaments that existed for StarCraft II for the for the opening year and a half or whatever of the, of the game two years and then it just blew up from there and we'll talk about that more uh, uh when we get into it but my my point is that is where i'm afraid for this one 
I'm afraid that maybe they do let it run wild for a bit, and then somebody at Blizzard goes, you know what, man? This is all great, but I think I can do this better. And I think I want, I want to be the only one that does this. And then they go ahead and pull yeah. another StarCraft 2, where StarCraft, you know, where Blizzard comes in with uh, a massive hammer that requires a surgical instrument and just starts swinging that son of a bitch. And then all of a sudden, the community is reduced to, uh, you know, what we're now seeing with StarCraft 2 versus having people just take the game and running with it and enjoying themselves. Because, hey, this game's got LAN capabilities. Who in the shit thought that Blizzard and LAN could be in the same sentence in the year 2017? But here Crazy. we fucking are. Here so it is. it's it's built They're for listening. it. They're Let listening. It, let it go. Let j- Be there to prop it up where it needs to be propped up. And and keep things in within reason, but don't try and play the fucking puppet master that you did with StarCraft II because whether or not they want to believe it, and it's not this one thing that killed the whole thing or brought it down to where it is now, it was a good chunk of of the catalyst for what what came to pass. So that's my biggest failing point uh, or where they could possibly... Uh, lose a lot of people that way. Panic! You look like you are desperate to say something. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor for the wrap up on this uh, before we go to break. So what do you got? Oh, I get the I get the wrap up. I was just gonna say you get the wrap that, up. You know, Blizzard has a tendency to be the they they're either super hands off and then they're like, oh shit, we have to overcompensate, and then they like drop like the hammer of Thor on everything, and then it's it kind of just causes chaos everywhere. Again, kind of like you were saying. I don't know if I'm worthy of, you know, wrapping it up for the next topic, though. So I'm going to actually pass that <laughs> back to you with your smooth and sultry voice. No, that's fine. I'll let you get off the hook. I'll let you get off the hook. We'll actually <laughs> go. We're, we're, we've only got a couple minutes before the break anyway, so we'll just take a, a slightly earlier break than normal because there's nothing we could really talk about in that time. But what I will say leading up to this is, once again, guys, uh, if you're listening to this and you wanted to watch us live, it is twitch.tv slash technicalalpha. If you want to watch the VODs, you can also check us out at youtube.com slash TV, where you're going to be able to see the full VOD as well as clips and even too long didn't watch versions for those that don't have the time uh, to watch or listen to the whole thing. Also check us out on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Patreon, everywhere you could possibly get your hands on it and if you're wondering what the biggest thing you can do to help us grow right now it's reviews everywhere that's the metric that's going to push us up and that's all we're asking from you guys uh until we sell out really aggressively here for roughly the next two minutes so sit tight (laughs) we will be back after a small break thank you so much for listening uh and uh, we will return sit Hey guys, if you're enjoying Technical Alpha and are interested in supporting us, do I have a solution for you? We've set up a Patreon page to help us help you help us and you. We've got a list of options that would make a used car salesman cry that provide you with a range of goodies for your support. Head on over to patreon.com slash technicalalpha to see what's up for grabs. Do you like badges and stuff? Subscribe to us on Twitch TV to get, well, badges and stuff. Technical Alpha is live-streamed every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash technicalalpha, so if you're in the neighborhood, be sure to stop by. Listening to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, or another podcast app? 
If you're having a good time, be sure to give us a thumbs up. It's a simple thing, but it goes a long way in helping us reach more people. And really, more people should be able to judge us feverishly. It's only fair. Honestly though, while we like to joke about the sellout, just being a regular listener is a huge help, and we're incredibly thankful for all of your support. Technical Alpha will continue soon, so sit tight. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, from that extremely long break. I know, I know, you missed us, but we have, uh, we have returned, and I have returned with something I've never had before. I figured I'd try it out here on the podcast. I figured I'd just give it a rip, see what it tastes like. Uh, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a, I'm a big rye and ginger guy. I like my rye and ginger. It's one of the greatest, especially in the summertime. It's one of the most refreshing drinks you can have that will also put you on your ass if you're not careful. Uh, and I, I like ginger ale just in general or ginger anything. If you put ginger on, on, on dog shit, I might actually consider eating it. And so, uh, I'm in the, I'm in the, uh, I'm in the grocery store today and I come across this. I've never seen it before. I thought I'd, I'd seen, you know, anything that. And everything that Halifax has to offer in this regard, but it's called Reed's Extra Ginger Brew. They had two different versions of this of this thing. Um, that uh, one has five percent of it is ginger root, and this is seven percent. So we've gone all the way that extra two percent, and uh, which I guess if you think about it percentage wise, that's actually a pretty big jump. We're gonna open this bad boy here and just. How much do Jeff and I get from that promo? <laughs> not a damn Seriously. cent. Not Seriously. a red cent. He's doing a better job at promoting this beer than he does our own podcast. This isn't beer. This is just this is just ginger ale, basically, or like a oh. like a ginger beer kind it's of not thing, even which beer? is actually beer. No, 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 no. It's just they put it in a green in Light a green weight. thing because Jamaica. All right, all right. We're getting the sniff. <laughs> There's some ginger in that boy. Let me tell you, they'll clean the sinuses real quick. All right, we're going in. Let's see what it tastes like. Ooh, that's not bad. I'm not gonna lie. I've had I've had I've had drinks with way more ginger in it than that. So I'm gonna give that uh, a three out of seven. It's not bad. It's, it's not it's very not, good. It's not the, it's <laughs> not the best. Not the best. <laughs> All that literal minute of podcast time for a three out of Dude, seven. When drink. something says. I'm Extra sorry, you'll ginger, never get that back, viewers. Jamaican style, because Jamaicans are what the ginger beers are all about, right? That's where the, that's, you know, and then you get me this shit. It's just, it's kind of just okay. It's not, it's not bad. But yes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, hit us up on that. iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, YouTube, Patreon, the back of your refrigerator, pretty much anywhere you can imagine, that is where we are, and that is where you can find us and listen to us ramble about Complete and utter nonsense. Um, also, we are live every single Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash technical alpha. So come and watch us and hang out and be part of the experience that is three Love dudes us. talking about stuff. Yeah, just make sure to follow us on, on Twitch so you know uh, when we go when we go live. No, when if we go live. Twitch actually sends out the notifications. But uh, what do we got? What do we got, Adam? What do we got? What do you, wow, what do you mean what do we got? You picked the we you picked the thing to come up after this break. We're talking about Nintendo. Mm. We're talking about more specifically Nintendo uh at this E3. Which uh why that's a, a special thing is as we most of us or or anybody who keeps up with E3 
um, you know, over the last few years would know, Nintendo hasn't really technically been part of E3. Nintendo has just, you know, crashed a hotel next to E3 and then set up all their cameras in there and did like their own little thing. And then they kind of be on the E3 show floor, but they never did like an honest to goodness E3 press conference in a, in quite a long time now. Um, at least long enough that people are intrigued with the fact that they are choosing to do so at this E3 with the, you know, the advent of the, of the switch and, uh, and, and the fact that this E3 is also the first one that's open to the public. So this is, this is quite an interesting E3 in general, but we wanted to talk about, uh, the fact that Nintendo is doing that. And then what we, what we think Nintendo needs to do to be successful, at this E3 or what we would like to see them do so that maybe they impress us. Because honestly, if they impress us, obviously that means they're successful. Not really, but what would we like to see them do? So I'll, I'll hand this off to Mr. Black because I think Mr. Black is the one that's the closest of, of he and I to buying one if something comes up that he wants to actually pick the console up for. So what does Nintendo have to do with this E3 where you go, oh, damn. The Switch is worth buying after all. Let's go. Uh, the only... I, I'll be honest, man. I just don't care about Nintendo. Like, I just don't give a fuck. Like, I mean, wow. I like I don't care if Nintendo, like, comes out with a Switch that blows me. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm so over Nintendo, it hurts my soul. Um, but I mean, if I'm going to ever give Nintendo my money for the Switch, they're going to have to just announce uh, a Switch that doesn't suck. That's, <laughs> my, like, that's the show. Wow. I, need, I need games. They need Savage. to... They okay, need but what, to, what are there games? Are there games though that they haven't announced or or something that would intrigue you? Like, are there Nintendo titles no. that haven't been announced that you can think of that you would say, okay, Nintendo's bringing this back or Nintendo's doing this uh, with the Switch, and I, now I kind of want that because it has that game. What is the what is the None. app that exists? There's not there one game no- that Nintendo could make that you would go, that's pretty fucking awesome. I need the Switch. Not one. No. I'm honest. I'm not saying that to be a smartass. I just, they haven't done anything that interests me. To the people that love Nintendo, by all means, I'm not hating on you. Like, you know, video games and movies and music is very subjective. And I don't think Nintendo has done a good job at creating games in general. There has been some gems. I'm not saying everything is garbage. There has been some gems. But honestly, in the last six years, I have played... Mario Galaxy. I have played, I have replayed old retro Nintendo or Super Nintendo or N64 games. I am not running out to play Zelda. It doesn't interest me. Let's be real. A successful Nintendo E3 will be them announcing another Zelda or announcing Super Smash Bros. Fucking whatever and you know yay everyone's gonna go crazy for this same regurgitated stuff that we've gotten over the last few years if they come out with a switch that doesn't suck in a console form that is uh better built that isn't having all these issues 
uh, then yeah, maybe I will get it. Obviously, I collect video games. I will get one to have one. I will play it when I go on an airplane. I will take it to a convention with me. But that is the only time it's going to see the light of day. And I'm only throwing money at it because I can. It's not like if I if if I this wasn't my occupation, I would never buy a Switch under any circumstance. I just wouldn't own one. I would own a PS4 or I or I'll buy this the the Xbox Scorpion or Scorpio or Scorpa whatever it is. The Nintendo just doesn't do it for me. So I think this is going to be something that you guys are going to debate a little bit more, but I'm just keeping it real. And I'll have a lot of haters out there that are like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And maybe I don't because I'm just not interested in Nintendo. They just don't but, do it for but me. But Jeff, Jeff, what if they did a StarCraft 64 remaster? No. Um, no. And then, and then, and then with, the, with the Joy-Cons, you can feel the ice cubes in Jim Rayner's whiskey glass. You can feel that there's two. How fucking he's not amused. Not amused. So awesome, dude. They're gonna they're gonna come out with a bunch (laughs) of garbage, a bunch of add-ons, more shit you're gonna have in your room that you're gonna look for, more things to charge, more money to spend. That's what it's gonna be, guys. They're gonna talk a little bit more about Mario Odyssey. They're gonna they're gonna probably drop one like title that people are like, ooh, wow, this is coming back. That's kind of intriguing. And it'll be it will be no gameplay. It'll be like some sort of CGI video crap that everybody will tweet about. Oh my god, it's the fucking greatest thing ever. And we'll wait two years to get it. And when we get it, it'll be half ass. Okay. That's where I'm at. I'm such a jaded fucking Nintendo. No, hater. Well, and, like, and to be fair, to be fair, I have dude, reason to be fair too. though. Like Gabs is the biggest Nintendo fan on the planet that I know of, um, and and you know Zelda especially, and so you know she reminds me all the time how much of a of a jaded asshole I am because I rip into Nintendo robot all the time. It's because I'm I'm with you on a lot of the stuff. Nintendo leans on the same three three or four intellectual properties over and over and over again. And yeah, it's cool that they can make good games using those intellectual properties, but yep. could we maybe just make something fucking new uh, or or provide better third-party support so that people actually want to make games for your consoles and not just fucking vaporware every single time? Like, would that be so freaking hard? Because if you're going to make a, ga- a console that's so gimmicky that developers can't just... With relative, with relative ease and with with you know respect to cost, port games to your console. With then, what are you doing? Then you then you are stuck with your first party titles. And yeah, it's it's. I guess the I guess the ultimate problem here, and what makes this so infinitely frustrating, and what makes Reggie Fiamese such a punchable human being, is that no matter what they do, they fucking sell a half billion fucking consoles every fucking time it doesn't seem to matter they could literally put out anything and people will buy it and suck it up it's worse than any other fucking singular title that people call call of duty fanboys bad nintendo people will buy that shit no matter what over and over again nobody says nintendo give me new shit you know what they're fucking calling for right now if you scroll up in chat i bet you at least four or five people have said give me metroid we haven't already gotten metroid fucking 16 times already but give me the metroid 
I want so I can buy it for the eighth fucking time and then don't come up with anything new ever. Just the same fucking four properties that you can cram down our throats. For God's sake, they didn't even launch with a Mario game on this console. (laughs) There's no Mario. And when Mario comes, it's Mario looking like a deformed fucking child running around modern New York. What the fuck is that? And then to push it further, the Mario Kart that we get is the rehashed bullshit with some DLC. Really? That's what you get? And then you force Zelda onto the console. You force Zelda onto the console at the fucking detriment of the Wii U version where the Wii U is already a fucking hamstring, poor, beat up, old yeller, take it out back and fucking hit it with a shovel type shit. And then you don't even give it the proper Zelda by taking out all the fucking gamepad support because you had to put it on to your glorified fucking cell phone that I can't call my grandmother with and wish her a happy fucking birthday. Come on! How much yeah, alcohol Nintendo's was in that ginger beer? Nintendo's, Nintendo's <laughs> how much how much alcohol fucking... was in that ginger beer? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna, Nintendo I'm gonna for take me, the calm approach. Nintendo Nintendo for me to do anything at this E3 is going to have to show me a new IP. And not just any new IP, you gotta do something. That's actually kind of impressive to look at. Well, you mean you don't want not, Milk not, the Cow Simulator 2018? No, I mean as much as I love grabbing those teats, I think I'm, I'm I think I'm going to pass on that, and because uh, it's sixty four ninety nine for that bundle, that bundle of friggin' party games, uh, I think I'm going to pass on that one strong. That doesn't even uh, seem like a party I want to go to, dude. If I get a fucking phone call from one of my friends and it's like, bro, you want to come over? I got this party shit from the Switch. I'm going to say, fuck you, you fucking weirdo. Dude, don't call me again. Like, I hate you. Don't, why would you even ask me that? Like, who does that? Do you want to come out? You know what, dude? I'm going to go to fucking Best Buy, bro. No, shut up. I'm going to go to fucking (laughs) Best Buy, bro. And I'm going to get that fire party mix from Nintendo Switch. And I'm going to have a fucking, I'm going to have a party night. I'm going to go get the, the fucking, the, the, the cider shit that Adam's drinking. I'm going to get a fucking 24 pack of it. (laughs) And we're, I'm going to invite my boys over and we're going to fucking switch it up. We're going to milk cows. We're going to jerk off a donkey. We're going to fight kangaroo. (laughs) We're going to fucking have a great time. No, stop. We don't want to do any of that shit. Like, give us the shit, dude. You know, listen, I I could go over there right now and I can name fire, fire from over there. Fucking Mario 3, Super Mario World, fucking Super Metroid, 007, Conker's Bad Fur Day, fucking Banjo-Kazooie, Donkey Kong. I The list goes on and on. I could sit here for two hours and name fire. You know what I can name for the last fucking 10 years for Nintendo? Mario, Zelda, some Metroid. That's the show. And Milk and Fuck a Donkey Simulator 2018 where you have to buy 15 different pieces to get the job done. Literally, they'll sell you a plastic bucket that you put on the ground and you get two fucking controllers that you pretend are the cow teats and you fucking milk them on screen and the commercials are so happy. They're like, I'm having so much fun milking this. I'm having so much fun. It's fucking dumb, dude. Fuck that shit. They can't do anything oh. to win me over. It's official. Stay out of E3. You're fucking, you're cancering it. 
piss off. It's 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 fucking. They need to bring. They need to. They need to bring a new IP to the table. They honestly do. Uh, and they and they they they. they I, and this is for me. Let's be honest. Once again, the whole reason why I went on that rant to begin with is because I'm pissed off that Nintendo can literally do anything they want, and it doesn't seem to fucking matter. You know, so we can sit here and, and theory craft and whine and bitch and scream into our microphones for the next two hours and it won't matter because Nintendo is going to keep making the same stuff. They're going to sell 30 million consoles minimum. And if they manage to hit the right games, they're going to sell 60 million consoles and they're going to go about their business because they're going to look at their bottom line and go, you know what, guys? We did well. Good job. Shake hands and go home. We did because we did good son we did good we did we we knocked it out of the park we made a fortune and so how you know it's hard to hate on them but at the same time that's what's so aggravating is that you you know that nintendo has the capacity like jeff just said to put out incredible titles that aren't always the same thing he just listed a bunch of stuff that's sequels and stuff but these are things that are from the 90s most of them we don't need 2017 and pikmin was the last thing i can think of other than splatoon <laughs> That that was an attempt at a new title, and Splatoon's yeah. a, a a solid game, and Pikmin's an incredible uh, franchise. But now Pikmin's even getting old, so now it's really just Splatoon Pikmin's and from that GameCube, new boxing like game. Ancient. Yeah, so you know, it's it is what it is. So like, I I appreciate that that Mario games are always going to be at le- at the very least very good and pretty much anything first party yeah. that Nintendo makes is going to be very good but that doesn't lessen my aggravation that I want to see them do more than just give me gimmicks on the console I want to see them innovate in some games and and not even in some crazy way just come up with some new IPs which is it sounds like a really easy thing for somebody sitting at home in their basement to say but there are people at Nintendo getting paid a lot of money that are way smarter than I'll ever be. That will that have the capacity and the creativity to come up with some really good shit that instead they're just funneling directly into 101 different ways of feeding us yarn-related games. Yep. Panic? What do you say? Panic, what do you say? Um... I don't have any sort of ranty, ragey moments because I feel like you guys kind of have that one on lock. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the reasonable one here, the reasonable, calm one. Um, that's probably a good idea. I just want, I, <laughs> I, I want, ga- I want games. That's that's all I want. I just want good games, and I want them to not come out in like two years. Like we talked about it before, the Switch's launch titles were trash. We had only Zelda plus a bunch of shovelware, and if they're gonna have a successful E3, I want. Ideally, yeah, new IP. That would be amazing, but we're probably not going to see it realistically. Not going to happen from Nintendo. This is yeah, definitely not on the Switch either. I, we're not going to get it right now. Yeah, they're not going to do it for a while. Um, but I like they have like Mario coming out towards the end of the year. Like I want games, but I don't want them at the end of the year. Like we've got nine months to go before December. It's kind of ridiculous to be like, oh yeah, no, these games are all coming out. It's like you guys had a long time to put this console together. Yeah, you kind of blitzed it on us, but where are the games? I want games, not just like tech demos or whatever. I want to see what you have coming up. You know, if you got a new Metroid, great. Show it to us how it's coming out and tell me it's coming out in like three months. Yeah. Show me your you know, show me your Mario games. I'm sure you have other Mario games in the pipeline. Give me like a Yoshi's World 3 or whatever. But I need to see games. I don't want to see gimmicks. The only announcement games. that I that they could give where I would lose my shit and I would run 
to 15 different Best Buys until I found a Switch just oh boy, to go here we get. Go. As if they said, guys, oh remember remember that game company oh boy. called Rare? Mm. Remember them? They're back. GoldenEye Remastered? They're back. Rare's back, and they're making our games. The unfortunate part is, does Microsoft still own them? Or did Microsoft let them <laughs> I free? Think of, I have no idea. I think they kind of kind of folded or shut down or died or zombie mode right now. Well, they're that is the so only hot. way. That is the only announcement there uh, where I am so pumped that I'm that it just oh my god I would lose my mind. Just a side note, but is ukulele slated for Switch? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I believe so. Well, at least they got that. So they do have a rare title coming to Switch. There you yeah. go. Or the closest yeah. thing to a rare title you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's about as close as you're going as you're going to get. Um yeah. I mean it's it's it will be interesting to watch all the rage and the craziness and the antics aside. It will be interesting to see what Nintendo does at this E3 because um they've already launched the console. They've already announced most of their major titles that are coming up. So now it's going to be a question of are they really going to go to a conference where they basically just show the same shit that we've already seen? You know, what are they going to do? Because I feel like for E3, a big thing for them right now is to give people a reason to buy this thing before the holiday season. They've got a big gap in time and they need to get some promotional bits going to give people more of a reason to buy it. Now, obviously, the fact that Nintendo loves creating demand by building three consoles at a time on the moon and then shipping them via carrier pigeon to Earth, and that's great, but if they if they do want to ship more consoles, they're going to need games, and they're going to need to convince people that these are good games, <laughs> right? It's just, so That was so, a fucking late reaction to what you said. I'm like, <laughs> I, I was just deciphering what you said, dude. And I'm just like from the moon to carrier pigeon, and I'm thinking to myself, what did he just say? And then I, it soaked in. I said, this motherfucker, he always throws in these little fucking quippy little stupid things that just get me every time. Fuck you, dude. And I love you. Fuck. Oh, thank you. I try. I try. But that's pretty much what it feels like when it comes to them building consoles. It's friggin' brutal. So, uh, you know, they get they get that, get that. So that's what I think they need to do is they need to have a reason for that to happen because I think the biggest problem the Wii U had is that there were such swaths of time between major releases first party titles right like people were waiting a year year and a half in between some of these things to get to their next game and then everything else was like another 50 shades of party wear so uh i think that's what i need you know i not I even very like good parties no that's just really bad kind of only good parties if you're in Japan and you're just smashed on sake and you're just you're off work and it's like two in the morning and you're already been sloppy on the sidewalk and you're like, man, I could really, really go for playing pretend cowboys like that would be kind of neat right now. So that's it's not really the show. So hopefully that's kind of what goes down for them. And I hope they do well because I want to see Nintendo do well. I don't want to yeah. be jaded asshole you know, not even 40, but like already angry, like a 40 year old jaded man is that's on like an alcoholic bender. Uh, I want to be happy about Nintendo's position. Um, and I want to see them be successful at the same time. So all the power to them. Hopefully it goes well. We'll have more about E3 when it comes up. I'm sure the E3 yep. podcast is going to be pretty spectacular for us. So, uh, that'll be fun to talk about, but let's move on, uh, and step away from that to something else that is wildly successful right now. And that is Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Uh, oh, this game God. 
has single-handedly this is gonna be this is where we raged about Nintendo. You're gonna see the the minor rage that Panic is capable of because this is his this is his trigger. This is his Tumblrina, is player unknown. So this game uh, for me anyway, because I didn't I don't have my ear to the ground for these specific this specific genre, this title. It kind of just came up and I saw people playing it and I actually mistook it for did they just rename you know, H1Z1 or whatever. King of the Hill. Like I, I, when I saw it, I was like, this is basically the same game. And it looked like it. I it's, thought maybe they just rebranded it, but it's not. And, and it's, uh, and apparently it is the shit because when you go on Twitch and you see a game ahead of League of Legends, you know some big shit is going down because nobody topples League of Legends you know, day after day, and player unknown battlegrounds has been up there battling with League for a while now. So, we're going to talk about that and, it, and its success. I'm going to give this to Panic first because I'm just before he gives himself an aneurysm, just thinking about it. I'm going to let him put it to words. So, Panic, what do you think about this genre first of all? Because I don't, as Jeff, I think is the only one that played anything of these games for any length of time. Um, so I want to hear from you what your take is on the genre and then the success of this game and how you feel about that because it's kind of crazy. First of all, I'm going to apologize to Jeff that you had to, that you, that you even had to play these games. Um, I don't understand. <laughs> like that's, it, it's just, I don't understand. Um, so the genre in general, it falls into survival games, um, which is then evolved into something that's extremely popular, the survival game, which is a battle royale, where you effectively get dropped into some zone, have to find weapons, and then kill everyone else and be the last one alive. It's the Hunger Games. The premise sounds... Yeah, the, the, the Hunger Games. The premise sounds amazing, and honestly, um, it's a game type that I would love to play, but however, every single one of these games I've seen, what is it? You had DayZ, then you had H1Z1, then you had H1Z1 King of the Kill, you had like Battle Royale mode, now you have like freaking Player Unknown Battlegrounds, and Probably a half a dozen other imitators in this space. And all of them come out with the exact same goddamn bullshit titles. Early access <laughs> survival game with building and all this other garbage. And fine, your early access. But I have not seen any one of these games ever actually get finished. They release, they come out with a metric ton of bugs. They're janky as hell in netcode. They're... They look like unpleasant games to play. They don't look very flashy graphically. You can see people jumping through or falling over. Like states are all messed up in this game. They're just subpar developed games. But for some reason, some reason, every time one of these games come out, it shoots to the top of Twitch. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is the best game ever. We're going to play the shit out of this. And then a month later, boom, gone, next one. Oh, they stopped updating it. All right, let's wait for the next one to come out. And then every time on Steam, I'll think, I'm finally free. These games are gone. And then it'll just creep up on my feed. All new game on sale. Early access. Survival <laughs> game. And so something just flips in my head and I just get really angry. Now I'm not conveying it. I'm more of the silent brooding angry type. You know, I don't, I don't outwardly rage. So like the quieter I am, the angrier I am. And every single time I see one of these, I feel like, why can't I rage like Jeff does? 
Why can't I have an Adam rant? <laughs> Did, well, I I'm on. I, I'm I can't actually get the feelings out. I I have to I have to fully disagree with every wow. almost just about everything you're saying. Oh, um, oh no, that, oh, that no. was what you just preached. There, are, some of it is true. There are a lot of these clone survival games that are coming out, and it's an obvious tactic from developers to make these games. Um, it's basically a proof of concept that, or that they're they're calling it. Um, you go in, you Hunger Games. It's they make a world, a map. They throw characters on there with weapons, and they say go kill each other. Um, and if the game does well, uh, we'll continue to update it, and so on and so forth. A lot of these games don't don't stem into anything unless they have uh, backing from streamers. Now, here's the reason why Player Unknown is so big, and I also disagree with what you're saying in terms of they never get finished. Uh, King of the Kill, that is a complete game. That game is out. Um, H1Z1 came out. It was that alpha, the open, you know, oh, then open beta or however they did these things. You pay 20 bucks to get in, goes on sale at certain points, so on and so forth. Um, that game actually got finished. Uh, Daisy was kind of started this train, and then there was another another game uh, that came out, I forget, World War Z or World Z or some shit game that came out that was like DayZ and H1 and ended up getting canceled. There's a lot of people pissed off. Total Biscuit went on one of his rants, so on and so forth. H1Z1 came out. They did the the survival thing, the, the big uh, $140,000 tournaments, and it and the thing drove a lot because here's this is the secret sauce. What I'm getting to is this, and why I'm okay with these games. Uh, a game like H1Z1 is going to be here for a long time. That game is successful. That game is a game. It's out. It's going to do great things um, in terms of esport, not esport, but making these tournaments and and uh, they're they're always at uh, cons, PAX East. Uh, TwitchCon, they have big booths. They get the community together, and that's whenever you can do that. I can't complain. Uh, and people, usually people that are playing the game, play a lot of the game, so they're getting their twenty bucks worth or thirty bucks or however much the game is. They're usually not AAA title prices, and most people buy into them early because they want to get on the hype train. The main secret sauce to this is the streamers, and this. This is the Twitch phenomenon. This is why these games exist. Because you got guys like Summit. You got guys like Josh OG and and these other, um, you know, first-person shooter dudes uh, that are really entertaining. Uh, and they, they make the game fun through their personality. The game isn't necessarily anything to write home about. The, most of the games look like university students went and made this game uh, as, a, as a passion project, uh, and that was the show. But the real selling thing here uh, is the streamers. And when you have guys like Summit who are extremely good at, A, shooters, uh, two, entertaining and get pe- people engaged uh, and making the game more fun than what it is. When I played H1Z1, sure, it's a stupid game. I ran around for eight hours a day shooting people with bow and arrows, but it was more than that. It was a role-playing, voice acting, uh, acting crazy, having running into these other crazy characters, um, and, and just having fun with that. And so people just want to be part of that. 
and these big streamers are blowing them up. And and these companies know as long as they and they all do it, they all do it. They release the game and this closed beta shit. They go to the big streamers. They go, hey, guys, guess what? You really want to get you really want to be that flavor of the month game. You really want to uh, get 50,000 views, 20,000 views. Here's a code. Go play your game. And then, of course, when a big guy plays the game there, you know, 20,000 people are watching. They're going to sell a couple thousand copies of the game. They get some traction and then they start. And then other streamers that want to be like Lyric or Summit or whatever, they want to hop on the train, too, because they're going to get the splash over and the games are fun and they can show their personality. It's not hardcore competitive. It's have fun. Some people are competitive with those games, but it's more have fun. What can you bring to the table? The streamers are selling these games. The games aren't selling the games, and that's why they're good, and that's why I'm okay with them. Listen, at this point, if anybody's buying the game expecting it to be finished, they're idiots. I mean, no one's got a gun to your head and saying, pay the 20 bucks uh, early access, and we're gonna we're gonna promise you a great finished product. Most people now have been burned one or uh, one time or another by these types of games, and yet they're still gonna go and buy them because their favorite streamers are playing them, and that's the show. So when you pull the trigger on that twenty bucks at Steam for early access, don't expect the game to get to be finished, but go have fun with it for twenty dollars, and you're going in even if you have one or two great sessions, eight ten hour session for twenty bucks. I mean, that's not real. I spend more in sushi. It's not really that big of a deal. It's not like they're gouging you for $69.99. And here's the thing. They're rivaling things like League of Legends. They're bringing more people in, and they're creating Twitch stars. And that is great. That's going to be great for Twitch. It's great for the community. Uh, it's great for these developers. Sure, they are cutting corners. They are doing. They are giving you bare bones, and I don't agree with any of that shit. But that's the business. They're going to spend as least amount of money as they can, and they're going to get us streamers to do all of the advertisement for them. And then once it gets so big, it's that snowball effect. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I don't think it's the simple fact that the game is huge. It's the streamers that are playing it that are huge. Once Summit stops playing Player Unknown, it's no longer the top three game it goes down to the second row there the next person in line will be like two or three thousand uh you know viewers unless it's another you know lyric or josh og or somebody else that has a you know five to twenty thousand viewership so it's usually one or two people that are anchoring this game and i wouldn't be surprised if these games aren't paying uh these streamers exuberant amount of money because if i was somebody like summit i'd be like listen guys i'm selling this game like a motherfucker and I want a piece of the pie. You guys got to pay me because every time I go on the stream and I've got 50,000 people, you guys are selling thousands of copies of this shit and I want something more than keys. So um, it's all on the streamers. It's all on the streamers. I feel like I just ordered a really amazing pizza. It showed up and there was friggin' pineapple on it, Jeff. You're a friggin' hey, pineapple on my pizza. <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm just speaking the truth. I have I, I, with I agree with what you said. I, I and, agree with what you said. It. Like I'm okay with the streamer side of it. It's just that I wish these games would actually get developed properly and get like yeah, they can slap a title saying, Oh yeah, we finished it. But honestly, those games are like nowhere near finished when they say, Oh, it's released. Well, what um, are you looking for? Are them. you looking are you looking for like a like a, a polished like Rainbow Six type shit? Like what like what Not exactly even. is finished? I'm, I'm looking for <sighs> I'm looking for, you know, where I can walk around and my guns don't disappear. I don't get stuck in crap. Like, I'm looking for, like, 
basic quality netcode that the experience is solid. But still, even when these games are released, you'll run into things. You can't pick things up. Think people are like jumping through things. You know, collisions are all wrong. It's all messed up. Like you can see like people like vibrating on screens and stuff like behind trees. It's it's just like it lacks polish at even a basic level. Like you said, it's like a bunch of college students got together and made these games. Yeah. But it's okay. It's like it's dude, what you're doing right now is you're going to the expendables My opinion. and you're expecting uh John Wick, right? <laughs> That's what you're doing. Listen, when we pay the 20 bucks for this fucking shit game, we're going to we make the entertainment from it and that's what makes it great it's what you do with it you play with your friends you get on comms you hear somebody in the background going china number 1 china number 1 and you laugh and you have a good time it's it's no different than going to the movie theater and watching transformers we know the movie's fucking garbage we know what the, the explosions we know it's an hour and a half too long but we give it our money because at the end of the day it's cheap entertainment and it is what it hey, is sir. it's when you go in there and you're expecting more quality for a lesser quality thing that's when it becomes a conflict of interest and i go in there knowing what i'm getting and i'm usually satisfied at spending my 20 bucks hey jeff speaking of movies yeah. yeah what's hot fire in movies right now bro all right let's do it uh, <laughs> oh what's hot in, in movies right now um, yeah bro what this is movie talk time we gotta move on oh, you two have been fucking you two have been We're sissy fighting up. for the last friggin' 15 minutes. We're blasting through our time frame, so we got to get this show on the road. Okay. All right. We um, uh, well, I haven't really seen that many movies this week. Uh, I didn't go see Power Rangers. I heard mixed reviews on it, so I just that's going to be a Netflix movie for me. Um, I did go see Beauty and the Beast, and I did go see Life. Uh, Life is uh, kind of like Alien. It's, it's uh, mm-hmm. set in space. Uh, they find life on obviously no spoilers. They they find life on Mars and uh, they bring it onto a ship and they've got to uh, do experiments with it and, and see what it's all about and 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 bring some of that uh, information to Earth. Um, and then you know obviously shit goes crazy. Uh, so that was a really good movie. Um, but in terms of what's like out right now, uh, Ghost in a Shell just came out. I'm gonna go watch that movie tomorrow night. I hear good things about it. Um, mixed things. I think uh, uh, some of the hardcore people for Ghost yeah, in the Shell. The, the, I'm, I'm hearing a bit of both sides. I've been hearing so. the. I'm hearing the other side mainly. Yeah, so I think the people that are really into Ghost in a the Shell, they they a lot of them are saying they got the vision of it right, um, but the the movie itself just didn't live up to the expectations that they have, and that's what normal fanboys do, and really anything yeah, well, yeah, of course, that yeah, comes yeah. out. Um, but I think for the average moviegoer that's going to see the movie, uh, they are they they say it's you know it's good. Some people really like it. Some people uh, was okay, uh, but I'm not really hearing like, hey, I hated this movie. It was garbage. So uh, beyond that, um, we also last night we mentioned something that was coming out uh, that we wanted to quickly talk about. I know that there was an announcement for. Uh, a new uh, a standalone Spawn oh, movie, no, no. Um, we and then there about, was something else. We were talking about the DC shit show, the 170 ah, yes. minute marathon. Yes, that's let's talk about that. Ah, so, for those that don't know, uh, the Justice League just announced that the movie is 170 minutes long. I'm sorry, Jeff. Come again? Can you say that one more time? Justice League. Just yesterday, announced 
that their superhero Justice League movie. We're talking. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We're talking DC right now. Uh-huh, DC. You know the Batman's and the, and the Batman's and all that. Uh-huh. Yeah, DC. I'm going to say that one more time. DC okay. has okay. a hundred and seventy minute superhero movie coming out. A hundred and twenty. No, 170. 70, as in almost Seven three zero? hours. As oh, in so like the Wolf minutes? on Wall Street. Oh, oh, okay. Length, what as in fuck? Lord of the Rings length. What the fuck are they trying to pull at 170 minutes? So is that what, like five minutes even per hero that they're cramming editor? into this? Are they even paying an editor? Or are they just putting everything uncut <laughs> on the friggin' reel? And putting it in film it and go, boys. Film it and go. Seventy minutes. What in the fuck? I think last night I was like, "What are they trying to be? The Godfather? Who the well, hell does a hundred and seventy minutes five movies movie? in three hours? That's what we're getting. Five movies in three hours. Well, you know, Plus, you know. Here's uh, here's the problem. Here's the problem, guys. And I talked about this in my Batman v Superman review. Is you had Wonder Woman. You had Batman. You had uh, who else was in there? It's such a forgettable movie. Uh, there's another one, Superman. Fuck. I mean, uh, you, you've got all these characters, and you've got this quick little introduction of Flash and Aquaman, and you know, uh, you've you've got bad dudes and all this other nonsense. And we get the Justice League, and now in order for them to do justice to the characters, keep, pardon the pun, catch up. <laughs> they have to have a hundred and seventy minute movie i dude they have sucked i'm just gonna give you a line they need, up here. They need an intermission in there at that point like, i'm gonna give you, you, you go in and dehydrate yourself before well, that's you watch what I said. it i was like oh, i was like you know, normally it. normally you gotta use the washroom maybe once in a movie if it's a, if it's pushing the two hour mark if you had a drink or something you know you usually feel the urge you gotta suck it up hard to stop unless you've got one of those monster bladders you're in there for 170 minutes you're taking a shit. You're thinking about shaving. You might have a nap. You might write your thesis. And then you come back to the movie again because it's still going. Like, how long do they need? I mean, I know that they're doing, like you are about to probably say, is that they're, just, they're squeezing in an introduction to characters that required their own movies, which the Avengers did. Mm-hmm. But DC is like, man, we got to play catch up. Yep. Let's just smash all this shit in. What could possibly go wrong? Everything can go wrong, and the reason why, listen, if this was Marvel saying they have a 170-minute movie, I would still go, whoa, 170 yeah, minutes? Yeah, yeah, what yeah, the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah. It's a I, lot. I, I, I'd say, whoa, but I'd be go, it, depending on the property, I'd be go, okay, you know what? Uh, okay, I'll take more of of this. I'll take more uh, Captain America. You know, if this was a 170-minute uh, Thor movie, I would shoot myself. But if it's something like, you know, the Avengers or like a Civil War type thing where there's a whole bunch of characters and, and stuff like that and all these different story arcs, I I could almost be on board. I would still be reserved about it. But this is DC we're talking about. We're talking about a fucking, I mean, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad. I mean, these guys haven't made a coherent film ever. On the screen, and now with the success <laughs> Ever. of Three the hours. Avengers and Marvel and what they've done, they want their own DC universe. 
and they need to bring in all these characters because that's we the new thing in Hollywood is this. If you don't make a billion dollars at the box office, you're a disaster. If you're a superhero movie, you don't make a billion dollars, you're a disaster. If you're Fast and the Furious, you don't make a billion dollars, that's a fail. If you're Transformers, you don't make a billion dollars, that's a fail. And here's here's the reality. DC, they can't make good, coherent films. They haven't done it yet. I don't know if it's the writers, the directors, a combination of both. The fact that they're trying to catch up with Marvel, they're trying to do what Marvel does, but that they want to take a darker approach, but then they realize the movie's too dark, so then they redo a bunch of scenes, they try to lighten it up a bit, and it's just a mess. And to think we're getting 170 minutes? I mean, I love You're Ben Affleck as Batman, but Jesus Christ, 170 minutes? <laughs> That's so long. At, at 170 minutes, your pacing and your storyline has to be like spot on. You've got to have your, you have to have your like mini climax and you got to go, you got to like calm it down a little bit. And your pacing has to be like spot on or one, people are going to be falling asleep or two, people are going to be leaving. Um, I suspect people are going to be leaving because this movie is just going to be way too damn long. And I guarantee you, it's probably not going to, it's going to have serious pacing problems, you know, with each hero getting what, like five minutes on screen if you're doing a 170 minute DC movie. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be the Flash is gonna be on screen, but he's gonna be going at full speed, so you won't actually see him because he's the Flash, and then they'll just say that he was in the movie, but he was moving the whole time, and you you just couldn't possibly probably, see probably him. some he's, Elastic he's Man, maybe some yeah. Green Arrow, throwing all those for good measure. I mean, we'll see, we'll see how well Wonder Woman does, and 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 you know, I, I, I mean, I, just, I would I'm, love to see them do well because those characters are fucking yeah, awesome characters, right? You want to see them. I think that's maybe some of the aggravation for me is I wanted to see some of these characters get their own movie good movies and just, and not rush it. You know? Yeah. yeah. Marvel is ahead of you, but that doesn't mean that you need to play catch up to get to them. If you keep making these movies the way you're making them, not only are you going to blow through all of your avail- uh, available material just to get there, but it's not going to be good. And then you're going to have to go back and try and bring yourself back up out of the six foot hole you just dug yourself. So, you know, maybe reboots. just yeah, just pull it back. We're gonna. Or it's gonna be like Spider Man, but the entire DC universe, where we've got like every five hours, there is another Spider Man movie being put into production just to try and make one good Spider Man movie. It's just never fucking ending. If this was so, Christopher Nolan's hundred and seventy minute adaptation of this, well, it's I, I would be Nolan, o- I, get to go I, see I would be it. okay. Yeah. I would be okay with this. I'd say, you know what? I have faith. And Christopher Nolan, but ever since they lost Christopher Nolan, they have been lost. Period. Like they, it has just. They chose. And, and Zach I'm, listen, Snyder. I know I sound like a DC hater. I'm not. I love the characters, and in fact, I, I, uh, listen, I gave Batman v Superman a, a seven out of ten. I didn't hate it as much as as other people. I gave Man of Steel a seven out of ten. I didn't hate it as much. There is there's redeeming qualities in all of these films, even in Suicide Squad. There are things that I enjoyed, uh, but. When when the bar is set so high, when you have great films like Civil War and you have a you know the first Avengers and and you've got uh just just some great Marvel movies, uh I I just you know Logan, uh Deadpool, you've got these movies that are taking risks and are just opening up the possibilities to the point where everybody copies them. Everybody wants to do this shit now. Uh, and that's not a bad thing, but try and be original and get some good talent behind the camera. 
I- I'm tired of seeing Zack Snyder uh, fucking uh, do more lens flaring and 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 all this other shit that he does. I give us some somebody that understands uh, filmmaking beyond a big budget, make a billion dollars throw some popcorn in your face. It wasn't a bad time, but it wasn't a great time. Give us some real good shit. And at 170 minutes, I guarantee it's going to be a, a, a $500 million shit fest. That's what it's going to be. It's just going to be money thrown at the screen and there'll be some really cool action sequences, uh, but it's going to be a mess. That's, you that's know what else? Well, you know what you'll else? have time. You'll have time to go take a shit. This is your, you have lots of time. You know what else? Yep. You know what, what else uh, has horrible pacing? This podcast. We have more things to talk about, so we're going to just keep going. We're going to uh. be a little bit over, but not by much today. That's okay. We had a lot to talk. This is a passion project today. This is. We should just call this this pod this episode the passion. This is all mm. this podcast has been. It's just straight passion. Uh, passion but of the salt. Uh, as long as that movie is, you know what else is longer? WrestleMania. That no, thing goes going on there. longer and longer and longer. People have been talking about how long Mania is now, and it just seems to be the never-ending train. Like they they have like an even longer pre-show now, and the whole thing's like seven, five to seven hours or some mammoth length, and it's it's insane. It's an oh, event. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a Super Bowl of, of it's wrestling. The, it's like NASCAR. It's just basically like you get a beer and you sit there, a, a beer, a bunch it. of food. You go, yeah, you make a day of it. You go out for a bit. You come back. They're still going. You just do whatever you want to <laughs> and then watch some wrestling. But uh, we just wanted to talk about, I mean, uh, out of all three of us, none of us watch a lot of wrestling, but I know personally... Uh, I used to watch more back in the day, and I still like watching Catching you know, Mania. Jeff's going to go over to his buddy's place, watch Mania this weekend. I'm going to be watching Mania this weekend. I don't know if Panic's going to pick it up, but, you know, there's some good stuff on this. You know, whether you follow wrestling or not, I don't know if there are folks. I'm sure we have a, a number of people, but this card is actually pretty damn good. Uh, and there's some notables here that I think everybody maybe thought last year would have been, but... For real, I'm going to say the first thing I want to talk about, in case we don't get around to it, is the fact that this might be Undertaker's last WrestleMania. People have been saying that for like 20 years, but for real, it might I, feel like this, oh. I feel like this might actually be the last one. And it angers me a bit if it is because he is up against Roman Reigns, who is my least favorite wrestler period of all time there is not a decade of wrestling that has existed in which i have chosen a wrestler that i wanted to see become a janitor more than roman reigns this is one of the most it's not that he's a talentless hack he's an athletic dude but he is terrible on the mic he is the personality of a rock and and not the good rock either and he's got to be able to get put out in front and Vince McMahon for whatever reason Vince is a genius this man is one of the most intelligent business people on the planet earth and for whatever reason he sees something in Roman Reigns that literally no one else around him sees hmm? and here we are we've gotten to the point now where they've got to take signs away from people in the friggin arenas that are like fuck you Roman get bent like just you gotta get rid of these signs <laughs> they've got to put over cheer tracks where people are booing Roman reigns like and yet here we are and now he's fucking fighting taker at mania for what could be takers last fight 
to attempt to put over Roman Reigns. And if Taker can't put you over, retire. Go back home, raise your children, get a desk job or work at a Denny's. I don't care what the fuck you do. But if Taker can't get you over, you have failed. And I swear to God, if Roman Reigns beats Taker and it's his last WrestleMania and they don't give Taker a win to go out and it's to this bum. I was already mad when they gave uh, Taker's loss to Brock Lesnar, who's been toes in and toes out of the WWE for so long now. It's whatever. This is a, this is almost insulting. If I'm Taker, I would probably be fucking angry right now, regardless of how much money I'm making, because this is like getting spit in the face. You got to go to Mania and you've got to imagine that you might be losing to Roman Reigns. As the Undertaker? What the fuck is that? I think you summed it up perfectly, dude. I, I have that? nothing to add to that. You want to know what I'm excited for for WrestleMania? Jim Ross is cast, is commentating a match. Are you serious? Yeah, they haven't announced which one, but he's coming back to commentate a match. Oh, that's fucking awesome. You, All right, well, can now you I'm imagine ready. him commentating? Can you imagine him commentating Undertaker's last match? I was going to say, that would make it even worse because that's really awesome that Jim would be casting that. But for mm-hmm. Jim to have to cast Undertaker Roman Reigns I just I don't the know, last like, one. Obviously, I don't know if you guys heard or not, but his, his wife just passed away um, just a few days ago. So Who's? I'm not sure uh, Jim Ross's wife, Jan. Mm, uh, she just oh, passed that's away. Awful. So maybe he will make an appearance. Maybe he won't. Um Dude, that dude oh, will show up. We'll He's see. a consummate professional in the wrestling business. Those guys show up. Fucking um, Kurt Angle read an article on him uh, the uh, last night, actually. Kurt Angle did that like epic marathon match the same night or the night after his sister overdosed on heroin. Like these guys, these guys in this business are a different breed that live and die for wrestling. They fucking give everything. And usually in some cases they actually do. They off themselves in the process. But, uh, I imagine Jim will still be there. And if not, who cares? The guy's a legend. He's an absolute legend. He could cast that from a cell phone. I wouldn't care. I'd still listen to it. Um, but the other notable ones just to not take too much time, uh, up here so we can move on and get some questions from, uh, our patrons as well. Notable ones from people that I'm, I actually get excited to watch from the newer crowd. You know, the people that aren't from the nineties and eighties still wrestling at 104 years old. Um, uh, I do look forward to watching Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. I'm not a big Orton guy, but I am a big Bray Wyatt fan. I think he's one of the best uh, gimmicks and mic men that they have right now uh, by a large, like a large fucking margin. So few people have an honest to goodness wrestling gimmick that that works within wrestling and isn't just you know I'm the next meat stick that's going to go out and wrestle in front of fifty thousand people. This guy's doing the theatrics. He, you know, it's another. It's almost like Taker in the theatrical level of which he takes it. So that's going to be fun to watch. And I'm also looking forward to watching, uh, uh, despite it being a bit of a gong show, I'm sure, it's probably going to be like a four-second long match again. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar is going to be pretty fun. Because Goldberg, Goldberg, as dumb as oh, it was in WCW. Clash of Titans. 
Yeah, as dumb as, it, as his run was in WCW, it's still fun to hear the whole crowd chant Goldberg as he's coming out and he's fucking spitting and snotting and fucking growling as he kicks his fucking door open, the green room, and he friggin' boots it open. He's like, ah, and he just fucking grunts for like 45 seconds and it actually takes so long that the crowd stops chanting his name because it just keeps going and he eventually gets out on the stage and the sparks get and he inhales it and he breathes it out like a fucking bull and it's just awesome it's fucking awesome to watch and it's fun to see him back um uh, for sure and then the only one i'm really looking forward to is dean ambrose who i think is one of the few people sounds like you're looking forward to pretty much every match on the wwe uh, gonna watch the 33 bro well, i'm gonna watch the whole thing there's like 13 main it's events i'm hours. talking about like three of them and again it's like seven hours worth of wrestling but yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to those matches I think, I think they'll be fun but uh is any either of you two have anything you're looking forward to watching other than Taker? Or are you guys no. just along for the ride? I, I don't care about any of it, to be honest I'm with you. I'm going to be I'm at just a wedding. Just, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, pants it all. Oh, you shit. get wrecked by a wedding, man. I'm going to be the one wrestling scrub watching this. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Anyway, let's move <laughs> on. I've talked a bunch now. It's time for you guys to get some questions for us. I'm going to toss it over to whoever has the window up first. <laughs> for what the questions are going to be this week for this segment of tech support where patreons level uh ten dollars and higher get to uh ask us questions weekly we pull a couple we talk about them we answer them the best we can last week we talked about hot dogs yes or no on the sandwich front that got real uh what else do we got this week i'm excited to see what we've got so i'm going to give it to panic first what is our first question going to be this week this question comes from James Holiday. Favorite okay, gaming James. memory or moment of triumph? I actually know this right. one for myself. Um, I'm going to go with um, the control room on what's the highest difficulty in Goldeneye? Like 00 Agent or whatever? No. 00 Agent, yeah. 007. Yeah, it was like 00 Agent or whatever. When yeah, you have 00, to, like, I think Natalia. 007 was just like you could actually set yeah. things manually. So I think 00 yeah. or something like that was... Yeah, it's when you had to freaking protect Natalia for like 10 minutes against like an endless swarm of people. And I managed to finish it on my like 50th try on the hardest difficulty. And I'm like, I'm never going to be this awesome again. Dude, that game is hard on the hardest difficulty. Yeah. That game gives you no yeah. quarter. If you, and I mean, yeah. like, you're low I, on was, ammo at that those, point. You got to protect the yeah. NBC no. is not even in your control. Exactly, and we all know how phenomenal the AI was in that game for the people that you were <laughs> hauling around with you the entire time. So that that is a pretty good moment. I not that it is mine, but I was so hyped when I got the invincibility cheat for doing the facility in in like the 45 seconds or whatever dumb number was two minutes 15 or whatever they wanted you to do. Uh, that was a pretty high point. For me, Goldeneye is such a good game. So fucking good, man. Oh, my God, it's good. Mr. Black. How about you, Jeff? What's yours? Uh, that's really tough, man, because I've had a lot of a lot of crazy, crazy Sonic. triumphs. <laughs> uh, you know what, man? I'm, I'm going to go and say uh, getting Grandmasters in, in StarCraft. Uh, oh, that's my, true. That was a long haul. It's probably my greatest achievement. Um, it wasn't. When I first got GM, I didn't go crazy. Um, it was just like you know, I knew I was there. It was just it was it was just 
getting in, waiting for a, a spot to open up. It was more of a formality. Um, I was constantly playing GMs, and it was waiting, 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 playing, 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 and eventually, uh, you know, sitting. When you're sitting up at number one or number two Masters in all of NA, and there's no spots open, you're pretty much Grandmasters. You you have to wait until somebody gets out. But if you're not playing, say if you stop playing and a spot opens up and then that third or fourth person plays a few more games and they just go past you, they're mm. going to take that spot. So it was just yeah, nonstop yeah. grinding. Um, I knew I was there for about two months. Uh, pretty much during that whole season, it was just a matter of getting it. So when I finally got it, it wasn't like, yeah! It was just a weight off my shoulders. We finally did it. Uh, and then, of course, you know, I got Grandmastered a couple of times after that. Um, but that was definitely... Uh, the biggest, yeah, you know, triumph I've ever had in a, in a video game. In terms of going crazy, uh, yeah, uh, beating not even Sonic, beating Solgrim was was even harder than Sonic. <laughs> so yeah. that that was probably my my biggest like get fuck game, like amped, it's <laughs> yeah. over, let's go. But definitely GM. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have a couple. I have I have a I have a couple. I mean, I'm not I'm not the type of guy that goes out and seeks particularly difficult things to do in video games because I try and relax when I play video games. But um, I guess I guess if I had to had to pick a couple, one would be uh, finishing the original Halo by myself on Legendary. That was one of the harder things I did, especially the library uh, was just oh stupid. My God, on on Legendary. Um, that took me a long time to beat. So that that was kind of a my my that was my fuck you moment in a video game was was legendary library. Uh, I've never hugged a shotgun so closely in my entire life in a game. And I probably <laughs> won't ever again. Uh, so that was that was a a, a good one. Uh, and then and then the only time I ever took games seriously were you know back in the day and when I had enough spare time to take games seriously at a competitive nature. And I did a lot of racing games and and I I, I love doing hot laps and stuff in. And Forza and whatnot, and I had uh, I had top ten times on seven or eight tracks in the world on uh, Forza Two, and that was my that was my peak as far as taking games seriously goes. Like having getting into, especially because I I'm a scrub and I, I I can't drive physically incapable of driving manual in real life. I can't translate that to a video game and drive manual, so I'm stuck driving automatic. <laughs> and anybody who plays racing games knows that. While you're not at an extraordinary disadvantage, when it comes to shaving time off a hot lap, that can be a pretty big, you know, handicap to have. So to get mm-hmm. into top ten times with an automatic was That's was good. pretty fucking rough. Really good. But yeah. uh, especially on like the Nurburgring, uh, that was a crazy one. That was probably my biggest one was getting on the top ten for that. I did it in the Merce- the Mercedes Benz. Uh, CLK Mercedes. Um, I can't remember the full. Yeah, Mercedes Benz CLK. It's it's one of their their hyper cars. I can't remember the full moniker for it because Mercedes doesn't know CLK how to name cars. H-E-R. Yeah, I think there's a big silver one that looks like a spaceship. Uh, I did it in that. Yeah, it's a CLK and, uh, yeah, and I I, I did it Mercedes. <laughs> doing doing hashtag Mercedes, but doing Nurburgring, which is like a six minute plus lap, like six fifteen, six thirty is the longest six minutes of your racing life because there's so many times that you can fuck up on that track and if you mess up you get a restart and it's brutal so that was that was my my two for sure but fucking library halo man even in even in co-op that level sucked it's fucking brutal it was one of the worst things to do but uh hey that was good that was good stuff um 
What's our next question, Jeff? You are the choice for number two. Um, uh, is it okay? This one comes from uh, Mark uh, Blackhorn, one of our oh Marky Mark. I don't know what what level tier. Actually, I think I can. Mar- Marky Mark is our editor. Name. Okay, so he's a ten dollar pledger. Yes. Um, he said, "Is it appropriate to CGI?" Long dead actors into present day movie sequels. Peter Crushing's mm. family was involved in the making of Tarkin and Rogue One. Uh, what if no family member still lived? Is it still okay? So, what I do you mean, think this is going to be something that's going to get more and more complicated as time goes on because we've only just now gotten to the point where we can kind of do that with pretty good accuracy and make it look enough that people can just bypass it yeah you notice it but it's not like so obvious it's not like seeing gumby stroll out onto the fucking (laughs) screen and be like hey guys so uh and so the longer this goes obviously the scenario you you just labeled there at the end of that question where nobody in the family is around or like the immediate family is around to ask anymore um in terms of the morality of that i don't know I mean, I think I think it depends on how it's done in the movie. If it's done tastefully and it's done um, within the confines of the movie, because it would have been hard to make the movie work or not or work otherwise, like if they couldn't make it necessarily be as cohesive without it, then I think I'm okay with it. I don't want to see an entire movie with that shit. I think that's maybe taking it a bit too far. But if in the case of of Rogue One, where we see the bits and pieces, and we get the Leia, and and we got um, What's his name? Is General something or what's his Tarkin. official title? Yeah, Tarkin. Tarkin. So, Grandma Tarkin. Um, yeah, so he's and he's such a and the thing about him is he's such a unique face, right? Like you can't mistake him at all. So to have him be there, um, I think added added quite a bit. And could you have done Rogue One without that? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, it definitely, for me, it added something. And for somebody that watched the old movies, it was kind of like, that's pretty that's pretty awesome to see. But I don't want to see a whole movie about it. I think that would be taking it too far. And I think it would be doing the actor that is no longer with us a disservice to attempt to do an entire movie with their likeness uh, or a major section of a movie with their likeness. I feel like personally that's just kind of disrespectful. Um, again, with the way they did it with Tarkin, I'm completely okay with it. The family was on board. Um, in the case of like, it's been a long time. I feel like, uh, let sleeping dogs lie. Like, you know, if the person has passed away, they've, you know, if they've done their time, you don't need to have their likeness in the movie. You know, if the family's not on board or the family's not around, don't do it. <laughs> that That's my take on it. At least like for, for the way they did it with Tarkin, perfectly cool with it. Perfectly fine. Yeah. I'm I'm right on board with you. I I think um, you know obviously our princess Leia passed away, and she is obviously a huge part of of Star Wars. She had finished filming Episode Eight, so they didn't have to do anything. But uh, obviously, they're likely expecting her to be for Episode Nine as well, mm-hmm. um, and other properties. Uh, you know, around Leia. I mean, even like distribution of toys and merchandise and 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 all these other things, um, that is fresh. So, you know, when you're in the middle of production, same with Paul Walker when he passed away, in middle of shooting, um, those sort of things are okay. Obviously, you want to get the family's permission and their blessing, 
Um, and I'm sure that there are contracts that are signed probably even more so now that this technology is available. There's mm-hmm. probably going to be clauses in pretty much every Hollywood contract saying, hey, if you pass away uh, or you are unable to film, you know, uh, you you go to rehab or you just go crazy or whatever the case, you die. Um, we, we have the ability to be able to use you, um, you know, CGI'd, um, basically get a, a, a like actor and then do the whole face recognition thing that they do. I think that's fine. But when it comes to, uh, like his question, he's like, you know, after the family members are dead, every, there's nobody there, no immediate family, then no. I mean, I actually think it, it's almost disrespectful to even yeah. ask or even, you know, to even go, even if a family member is still alive, say somebody's son or daughter is still living, and it's been 20 years since you've made uh, a whatever movie, you know, say an Avengers movie or something and a character died or say Hugh Jackman, for example, you know, say 50 years down the road, they want to reboot it or they want to do a send off or something like that. He's no longer with us or, or old and he can't do it. Um, they did do that whole. Uh, actually, I'm not going to say anything because I almost spoiled part of Logan. Uh, but um, I, th- I think that it's, it's disrespectful to even ask. To even go, is it okay that we do this? Even if they're willing to pay, um, just let it go. Uh, find somebody else. There's plenty of talented actors out there that are looking for a chance. Um, you know, Hollywood reboots movies all the time anyway, so what's the big deal? And you know what? The audience members aren't stupid. When when somebody dies, an audience member goes to the theater, they're not going, my fucking God, man. This isn't Princess Leia. This is stupid. I want to see Princess Leia. <laughs> I mean, obviously they know she passed away. The actor pa- or the actress passed away. So they understand that this kind of has to be done if they want the character to move on. Um, that no one's going to go go crazy. But I'll take it an even step further, and I'll end on this. Uh, if if now that Princess Leia isn't living, they they seriously need to wrap up her character and move on. The character needs to go yeah. away forever. That yeah. character uh, was amazing, iconic. Um, don't try and 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 do a a prequel and bring a young Leia. Don't try and make an older Leia. Don't try and redo the Star Wars movies, reboot it, and bring another Leia. Let the character go. She did a great job, and that goes really for any character, big or small. If the actor or actress is dead, let the character die with them. Uh, of course, if you're not in the middle of production and you still need family blessing. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, I think that surmises that awfully well. Uh, we can, uh, we can wrap it up on that one. We're not too far over considering the, the passion today, the amount <sighs> of passion involved. We still managed to, to keep it within reason. Uh, so that was well done. So, uh, as always, we are going to, uh, say, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you listening already, you probably already know, but if not, Hey, we're going to mention it anyway. You can catch us on iTunes. You can catch us on Google play music, YouTube here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash technical alpha. If you want to see us live every Friday at 8 PM Eastern time, we'd love to have you. If you uh, have a moment to stop on by, or if you have nothing else going on for that Friday evening. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much it. Do we have any closing thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, I'll, I'll say a little, uh, little plug. Um, we are going to be ordering, uh, the merchandise real soon. 
uh, for yes. all you yeah. Patreon supporters out there. So the ones that are getting pins, stickers, uh, I'm going to be doing hit you up with that noises. Uh, so you'll be getting uh, recorded voices from me that you can use as a, an alarm. You can send it to a friend. You can do make it as um, crazy as you like, and I'll I'll do my best to uh, create a noise like how Adam asked me every uh, StarCraft cast. Um, so we're going to be doing that, and it is it's almost about to turn over. I think the Patreon is the first day of the month or the second day of the month. Um, so you guys, by the time you see this on YouTube, if you guys are if you guys want to get in on the first wave of merchandise and you're thinking about throwing money at the screen, go there and do that, or you're going to have to wait another month uh, before we send out another shipment of new people that are coming in. So just to let all you people know that have been supporting us, thanks again. Product is coming. Uh, we're really excited. I think we're going to get a, a T-shirt or a sweater coming up too. Uh, we're going to start up a campaign for that um, so that you guys will be able to have some swag. But the pins, stickers, and stuff, they look amazing, really high-quality stuff. We're not skimping out on this, so we're really excited about that. And I'm excited to hear what you guys, uh, what kind of noises you guys come up for me to mm-hmm. uh, to do for you. So go do that. Yeah. And once again, if you're listening to iTunes, uh, please go and give us that five-star rating and leave a review. That is, you know, YouTube's got weird metrics on how you grow. Uh iTunes is ratings and reviews. The more you get, the better we go up on the, or the higher we go up in the list, which gives us more visibility. And like I said last time, uh, tell a friend, tell one friend about the podcast, either whether you send them a clip uh, on YouTube, the TLDW, uh, whatever the case may be, introduce us to them and uh, yeah, do your part uh, that way. And we'll keep doing our part by showing up every Friday and uh, hopefully improving each and every week. Uh, with our podcast we're still learning we also have a guest coming on next week as well uh we'll be announcing that and uh go follow us on twitch make sure you do that so that you can uh, watch this live i know it's a lot of shameless but hey there it is <laughs> sometimes you gotta get shameless panic what do you got you got any last words sir um i think the podcast is going amazing but if you guys have any feedback do feel free to let us know i know you guys probably know that our twitter handles are actually on our names Yes. on our little face plates, but in case you didn't know what that little birdie actually meant, uh, you can follow <laughs> us on all of those Twitter handles there and uh, send us your feedback directly. Um, we're all pretty active on Twitter. Uh, I know Adam and I are currently in a war yep. over gifts and how good we are. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> See definitely. No, that's 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 definitely and it. Remember, uh, and remember, before Adam, you close it out, when, yeah, when, yeah. You give us, when you give us criticism on the podcast, it is so welcome and we have listened to a lot of it and we've made changes yeah, uh, for the better yeah. but also we will ask you to not compare us to the joe rogan podcast <laughs> i have heard this about a million Endlessly. times yeah. no we cannot go on the joe rogan podcast and show with him no we cannot give that level of production and and the amazing guests that he has on that makes his show great uh you know obviously that that's an an idol of mine, not even just in podcasting, but just as an entertainer. Uh, as much as we would love to have that type of quality, we are on week three, so give us a bit of time. But if you guys have some realistic criticism, um, feel free to drop it either in on Twitter uh, or you can shoot it in the comment section of the YouTube. I know Adam reads them all, and I've actually been reading every comment as well on the podcast stuff uh, because Same. I'm pretty invested in this, and I, I really want to uh, make this grow as well. But that's it for me. Are you, you sure? I am. You got it all? Done. I'm done, done? bro. Done? Done, bro? 
All right, I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. Thank you Take guys once again for, for stopping by here on uh, on Twitch to watch us this week. And for those of you listening at home later on, thank you guys for listening. Really do appreciate it. And hopefully you guys have been enjoying all the madness. Um, until we see you next week at the same time, uh, same bad channel. <laughs> this has been Nova War. I'm Maximus Black. I'm Panic Switched. And we'll see you guys soon. Have a good one, guys. Peace. Actually, wait. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pull that back, Jeff. Pull it back. I still have to read some names. Big oh, thanks to our Patreon producers. Beastall, Mr. Miyagi, Corey K, Toad of Steel, Naley, J.A., Matt D., Derek P., Jonathan A., Ryan M., Ice Wolfie, and Beastly Barlow. Thank you so much, gentlemen. And now that is it for another podcast here at Technical Alpha. Have a good one, guys. Peace out.